Brent Martineau. You see him every day on CBS 47, Fox 30, Action Sports Jack. Austin Lane. He's a former Jack star and current MMA fighter. Broadcasting live from the Anna Jar and Levine this is Action Sports Jacks on ESPN 690 and ESPN690.com. Hey, thanks for joining our foursome here on a Wednesday. <laughs> Austin Lane, Scott in for Coos, and well, my name is Daniel Day-Lewis. <laughs> Daniel Day-Louis. Vita Day-Louis. Yeah. Hey, we had some fun with that, didn't we? Yeah, I mean, I thought you could have... Uh... Let the whole conversation die, uh, but I reposted it today, and then what'd you do? You had a double up or nothing, basically, I and did. you said, uh, what's more ridiculous, not knowing what a foursome is in golf or Daniel Day-Lewis? Oh, no, you didn't say Daniel Day-Lewis. You said an actor's name, which is yeah. even worse, by yeah, the yeah. way. Uh, so, I mean, and, and, and you're getting hammered a little bit, aren't you? You're I'm a little hammered. sensitive. I'm getting hammered, or you're getting hammered on Twitter right now? No, I, I like that getting hammered Okay, part. well, because that's what's happening on Twitter. I, I'm not getting hammered at all. You've gotten hammered a little nah, bit a couple times. Not really, though. In your defense, though, people are like, how can the, the one thing that people say is that how can you work in in Ponte Vedra sports and not know where the PGA headquarters are, what a foursome is? Uh, well, you did bring up an interesting point yesterday. Very few foursomes when you're watching golf on TV. So how am I supposed to know what foursomes are? And threes and Thank you. So how am I supposed to know what foursomes are, then? Yeah. If I well, I mean, I'm not kid. going to disallow okay. it, but I'm just Okay. Saying. I mean, you could do some research, look it up on some websites, but uh, don't trust everything yeah. you find. That's yeah. exactly what I'm saying. If I type four foursomes in right now the search engine, golf may not come up first. But if you type Daniel Day-Lewis in the search engine, guess what's coming up? Probably some movie. Yeah, exactly. Thank you for proving my point. Uh, let's continue with the day. What's his best movie again? I mean, there's so many of them, Bren, really, right? It's, it's like asking Picasso what his best painting is. Uh, he was in Lincoln? He was in so Lincoln. Is Lincoln good? Lincoln's all right. I, I prefer Abraham Lincoln Vampire Slayer, to tell you the truth. There you go. Because uh, there's, there's a little more action. Last of the Mohicans? That one was good. That one's more of a, you know, it's kind of a tearjerker, though, at the end. Me, personally, I'm going for There Will Be Blood. Yeah. If you have, like, two and a half hours to spare this weekend, Brent, um, first of all, did your wife know who Daniel Day-Lewis is? Absolutely not. Jim? No. Huh. Okay, well, whatever. But um, we get along well. I guess so. Married so, 20 years. I'm just saying. Hall of Famer, Steph, and me. If, if you have like two and a half hours this weekend, go ahead and throw in There Will Be Blood. Not not necessarily a kid's movie, so it's going to be like, kind of like one of those date night movies, but go ahead and throw that in and uh, get back to me. I think it was made in 2007. It was, and I think it lost out actually to for the best Oscar for motion picture. Daniel Day-Lewis won Best Actor. But I think uh, No Country for Old Men won uh, Best Picture that year. Wow. How would I you know that? I am impressed with your research, How gentlemen. How would you know that? And by the way, that's... I'm guessing. I'm not sure if that's right or not. That's <laughs> not you're on the money, bud. Is that's that what why it is? I had nice. to watch that because I only watched winners. It lost. <laughs> <laughs> Sounds good. Whatever you say, man. <laughs> hey, we have a big show lined up today. we got some good guests coming on. Uh, Quincy Williams. Oh, yes. Here we go. Murray State Theme Week. Yep. We should have just made uh, our alma mater day for you this week. Oh, for Murray Brent, State. I think every day on ESPN 690's Murray State Day, though, isn't it? Because we got John Morant coming up pretty soon in the draft. I'm sure there's some baseball players getting ready to be drafted this year, too. It just it never stops, Brent. Absolutely. So we'll have Quincy Williams. We had his coach on uh, a couple days ago, and we'll talk to the new Jags linebacker picked uh, late third round. His thoughts on being picked where he was picked, but also his thoughts on fitting into this defense. We'll uh, talk to him at 4 o'clock. 
at 445, scheduled to talk to Calais Campbell, of course, the Jaguars All-Pro, Pro Bowler, uh, back for another season. He's got a big event coming up in a couple weeks, too. I want to help him uh, promote that so you, you can uh, support what he's doing here in Jacksonville. He really does so much. Very few people have come to Jacksonville in such short order, made such an impact on the field and in the community, uh, represented with the Jacksonville Jaguars. So Calais Campbell, the mayor of Saxonville, will join us at 445. That is the plan. And then at 515, Will Salmon from The Athletic. We'll go to Gainesville because one of the big stories out of Gainesville, I don't know if you caught this, Jalen Jones, you know, he just got on campus mm-hmm. in January. Four-star quarterback. And Gonzo, well, most likely Gonzo in the transfer portal. Who's not in the transfer portal? We are, too. Uh, I don't know where we're being transferred to, but we're in the transfer portal. Uh, but 15 practices later, he's in the transfer portal. That raises some serious questions because... It was still a curious quarterback situation for the Florida Gators. Felipe Franks looks to have a stranglehold for now, but that's a guy whose job can be very tenuous. And behind him, Emory Jones, we saw a little bit of last year uh, right here in Jacksonville during the Florida-Georgia game. But uh, I think a guy like Jalen Jones, I mean, you never know how you'd fit in. So I don't think this is, hey, it's too crowded of a position, kind of like a Justin Fields with Jake Fromm and and what we saw with uh, Eason uh, in Georgia. There were just too many five-stars to go around up in Athens for guys to get playing time. I don't think that's the case here, but it makes you wonder what's the case. I mean, is there an off-the-field something or other going on? Did something happen, um, or did he just figure out and – 15 practices in three short months, four short months, that Gainesville wasn't the place for him. Absolutely not. I think there's something else going on here because let's put ourselves in Jalen Jones' shoes for a second. Say you're, and this is a guy that came to Florida early. You know, he opted to come in early, early the system. I mean, he yep. was excited to be a Florida Gator. And I don't think Dan Mullen was in his, you know, in his kitchen when he was a, when he was a senior in high school recruiting him saying, hey, we, we want you to come to Florida. You're going to be starting right away. Like, we have this guy named Felipe Franks. You can start over him. Just come early, and we'll get you there. Like, it's not that case scenario at all. I think the, the, the narrative at Florida showed that Felipe Franks was going to be the starter. And Emory Jones, who everyone was talking about, is the backup. I mean, that was the narrative going into this. So I think with Jalen Jones, it's not a fact of, well, he's maybe third string right now. He's probably going to redshirt at Florida. He, you know, he, he didn't get his way. It's nothing to do with that at all. I think there's something deeper, whether it's a family issue, whether it's some kind of uh, issue where he got in trouble, but there's something else afoot here. It's not just the fact that he lost in training camp and now he's going to take his ball and go home. There's yeah. something else going on here. Yeah, yeah. and I, I, um, I'm interested to get Will Salmon's thoughts on it. I don't know if we'll have answers, by the way. I think right now it's a lot of speculation until something comes out. And really, at the college level, it trickles out. You know, It's kind of like, okay, what what is going on there? What's the real deal? And, and maybe Jalen Jones will say it, maybe on his end. Uh, I doubt Florida will say it. I think they'll keep that pretty close to the vest but sooner or later information will come out but either way we'll talk to will salmon who covers the gators up close and personal daily for the athletic we'll go to gainesville for that and uh, he also had a story out today on another recruit big time recruit for florida that could uh potentially make a difference down the road so we'll talk to will salmon in the five o'clock hour about the florida gators calais campbell coming up quincy williams coming up as well. Did you stay up for the game last night, uh, the little Warriors Rockets? No, I was long gone in bed by oh, now. Oh, that's good. Yeah. Uh, poked in the eye, a little jammed finger. So, I mean, I we had injury fronts. Yes. Uh, and how much in trouble are the Houston Rockets now down to zip? They're in huge trouble. Um, <laughs> make no mistake about it, uh, especially against the Warriors. Like, listen, I got nothing but respect for DeMarcus Cousins, a.k.a. Boogie. Um, I think he's a hell of a center, one of the best centers in the NBA. 
but I almost feel like the Warriors are better off without him. Um, for a few reasons that I've seen. And keep in mind, I didn't watch the game last night, but I DVR'd it, so I saw some of the highlights, and I watched a little bit of it. But I think that their offense is so much more faster when Boogie's not on the court because you think about it. I mean, and granted, Cousins is a guy that can shoot the three ball. I mean, he can take you deep as well. But for the most part, what the Warriors are doing with Cousins was they had him in the post. And that slows the game down a little bit. But now, since you have a smaller lineup with the Warriors, I mean, you know, there's the ball movement, there's the three-point shooting. I just feel like they're more efficient on offense and on defense. For whatever reason, it seems like the Warriors' defense has really turned up a notch since Boogie's been out. So, um, from what I've seen the first two games, I think there's no stopping the Warriors. And we've talked about it before, Brent. When you got guys like Steph Curry, Clay Thompson, uh, Kevin Durant, you know, basketball, it's, it's all a game of, of streaks, and sometimes guys can go cold. Well, if one of those guys goes cold, you have two other guys that can shoot the ball and pick up that slack. They are so good. Listen, I, I don't sit there and watch the Warriors every night, but I watched that game last night, and it is poetry in motion is what I tweeted. I mean, it's really beautiful to watch the way they play on offense. But what is under-talked about and not appreciated enough is often how many times they're really good on defense. And I think a lot of their good defense stems from being so good on offense that it puts a lot of pressure on people to keep up with the scoring. But they are good on defense. And then they, they really work. They work everywhere. And there's uh, obviously the offensive rebounds were huge last night for the Warriors. They're not, I don't think they're normally like that, but they were out hustling. They were working hard, and they were getting the long rebounds. And that shows up. And that was the difference in the game. I think the difference was 14 shots. There was 14 more shots for Golden State. Well, you're already giving a prolific team 14 more shots than you're taking? Well, my mm-hmm. gosh, you have no chance. I mean, forget about it. I don't care what your shooting percentages are. 14 more shots because of turnovers and offensive rebounds, that's too many. And uh, that's why maybe this thing isn't over. Can they clean that part up? And I still don't think Chris Paul and James Harden have been enough of a factor. Paul, down by six with like 45 seconds to go, had his chance, a wide open three to get them within three. Harden, of course, gets dinged up with the eye, and uh, I think it's a little dramatized last night. <laughs> I do. I really do. I think these guys know how to do that, much like the Michael Jordan on flu, got the flu and still can shoot uh, score 63. I think these things get played up and dramatized, and they kind of know that. Um if the guy couldn't see, he wouldn't been in the game. <laughs> he made yeah. like every free throw. So, and he got hot there for a stretch in the fourth quarter. But still, I think Harden and Paul have been disappointing so far in the first couple of games. So, uh, I don't think it's over. But uh, I, I am. I, they're obviously up against it. See, you shouldn't say a series is over when you lose two games on the road. That's the way it's supposed to go. You're supposed to win those games at home. That's the way these series are built. Mm-hmm. But what seems daunting for a team like the Rockets is to say, okay, now you have to win four out of five against Golden State. Yeah. And that seems like, okay, that's impossible. When you tell me they're down 2 nothing going back to Houston, I'm like, okay. When you tell me they have to win four out of five, I don't care if they're on the moon or on a basketball court right here in the parking lot. I think that's going to be pretty tough to do against Golden State. And I honestly thought... You know, with with Cousins being out now, it was a perfect opportunity for Clint Capella coming off the injury to be yeah. to be that you know that that centerpiece really, no uh, pun intended, but to, to be that center that could uh, really elevate the Rockets. You know, I think he had 15 and 10 yeah, last year. Okay but, okay but I mean, they're putting Draymond Green on him, and Draymond's kind of getting in his face a little bit and shutting him down. So I mean, I feel like 
if the Warriors, I mean, I'm sorry, if the Rockets did have the advantage, it would be in the post. And the Warriors have done a great job of neutralizing that. Yeah, people love dynasties. I don't love this Warriors team like the way I should. I oh, appreciate I them. I, yeah. But I don't, I don't, I'm not, I'm rooting for them to get bounced. Like, I'd rather somebody else. That's just the way I look at mm-hmm. it. Now, uh, Again, if it was the Celtics, I probably wouldn't say that. If it was the Red Sox, I wouldn't say that. But I don't root for dynasties. Some people love dynasties, and this team is a dynasty right now. They're they're on their way most likely to four out of five, which is incredible. Uh, but there's a difference between I wouldn't mind seeing them get bounced and appreciating what they are. And you can appreciate what they are. And that even goes to Draymond Green. I mean, he's an easy guy not to like. He's the 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 uh, the enemy guy right now, mm-hmm. right? Uh, in this whole, really in the NBA, I think at times, he kind of has that persona. He plays that role. He's the villain. But even him, I mean, the guy's tremendous. And when he comes up big in big spots and when he wants to turn it on, and he was sensational last night. Well, that's the thing with Draymond, too, is he's sensational everywhere. You know I mean? If you need the defense, well, he's a 2017 Defensive Player of the Year. Say no more. Um, if you need the rebounds, he's there. If you need the steals, he's there. And if you need some points every once in a while, yeah. he's there as well. And and I guess I'm I'm not going to say I'm cheering for the Warriors, but I respect the Warriors yeah. because of how how they've done it. And 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 I get the narrative like Kevin Durant went from OKC, went over there. So yeah, they added that piece, and then they had Cousins as well. But I don't think Cousins was really that big of a factor this year. You know, he's, he played, he sat out half the year, and then when he came in, he did well. But now he's out again. I think just the fact that the way they've gone about their business building through the draft. This wasn't like a like a Miami Heat team where they, you know, they brought Bosch over, they brought LeBron over. Like this is a team that was built primarily through the draft. Like their core pieces are through the draft. And with that, I respect it because this isn't like a a super creative team. I mean, this is a team that um, the GM put together, and you have to respect that. Yeah, I, I, I do respect that. And I also have this thought, and I'll I'll get to it a little bit later. Does this team even need Steph Curry? It crosses my mind. It's like, like he'll disappear for like 15 minutes in a game and they'll be up eight points. I mean, we talk about Steph Curry like he's a superstar, which I think he is a superstar. He is. And he's super marketable and he's changed the game in so many respects and he's the most prolific shooter uh, probably to ever live now at this point. But I don't really feel like they need him. That's what makes it weird when it comes to superstars. And, like, I think Houston needs James Harden to take over games. And the guy won't do it. He won't do it in the big moment just yet. I, I don't feel like he's been able to do it. And that's what separates uh, Houston right now from getting to the next round and maybe even getting an NBA championship. Well, let me ask you this question quick. I mean, and let's take, I mean, Andre... Iguodala out of the conversation. I mean, all respect to him, but I don't think he's that crucial to that team. No, but, but he's kind of a but, low guy. But no, yeah. But, yeah, but I'm saying if you were to take one I mean, so if you had the choice to keep one guy um, to be like the centerpiece of that team, would it be Draymond, Clay, uh, Kevin Durant, or Steph Curry? I'll tell you when we come back. we got to take a timeout. Plus, the Jags are loading up on linebackers. They just signed two linebackers today, according to reports. I don't think the Jags have even confirmed that yet. But what's this mean? Do we go back to the Telvin story? Is this just adding depth? (laughs) Is it adding special teams? 
I mean, you tell me. I have a tinfoil ready to go. I'll get on my tinfoil hat right now and break it down if you want me to. Yeah, I mean, we're going to have to take a look at what these guys mean and why they would be signing them. Are these out-of-the-ordinary signings? Would they be doing it without the Telvin situation that people think might exist? Uh, that's, by the way, on the heels of drafting a linebacker late third round, and some would call reaching for that linebacker to make sure they have one on the team out of this draft class. So we'll talk about the Jags linebacker situation uh, coming up as well. And a special announcement today on the show. The 2019 Action Sports Jack Stream 18 is all set. I'll tell you where and when it will be coming up in just a little bit. Stay with us on a Wednesday, everybody. Action Sports Jacks on ESPN 690. Sports Jacks on ESPN 690 and ESPN 690.com. Uh, we got to get into some of this linebacker talk with the Jacksonville Jaguars. We've got so much to get to today, so I don't want to bypass certain things like I normally do and tease it and hang on to it for a couple <laughs> of segments. You know, I mean, while we figure out who Daniel Day-Lewis is and foursomes are, uh, it takes some time on occasion. Mm, no comment, Brent. I'm going to let you bury yourself with that, man. I, I, I can't get over it. I'm sorry, man. But, but you, you don't... See, this does not hurt my feelings at all. But this like, isn't... I know this. This isn't even, like, talking about sports, though, with Daniel Day-Lewis. This is talking about just society, culture. Yeah. I don't have it much. Yeah, I guess not, man. No. Even over here. Yeah. I cannot... Good. By the way, the, this is... I, I just... As we continue to learn more about each other here on the show. I think I learned all I need to know about you. Pineapple pizza, your kid hates Murray State, and you don't know who Daniel Day-Lewis is. The end. Ow, shots fired. The book of Brent Martineau. I mean, it's unbelievable. Ty gets a bad rap for picking against Murray State one day. You better believe it. And by the way, Florida State won. Uh, yeah, but the, the, no, he, he picked the he opening picked, round. Uh, he picked the opening so round. So did I. Yeah. Well, how'd that pan out for you guys? Oh, good. Yeah. Um, but... Like, I really don't know many actors and actresses. Mm -hmm. And I really don't know, like, front people, musicians. Mm -hmm. And I really don't see a lot of movies. Mm -hmm. Not a lot of them. Mm -hmm. Like, I... That's the last one I saw. Um... I don't even know. Okay, but like you, so I don't even I don't even go to the movie theaters very often. <laughs> yeah, I don't want to hear excuses. These are excuses. Uh, no, coming I just from don't you. watch a lot of movies. Now, what I'll do is I'll end up like stooping me at one o'clock in the morning watching some movie on HBO that probably is about fourteen years old mm -hmm. that I'm now catching up to. Um, so I I might see what's the name of the movie again. There will be blood. I might see that like accidentally in, in like four years. Well, let me ask you this question, Brent. You've heard of Tupac, right? You, you know who Tupac have. is. Okay, but you don't listen to rap music that much, I, no. I, I would assume. Okay. Um, you, 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 know, you know who Bob Dylan is, right? I do. Yeah, and you don't probably listen to well, a lot of... In fairness, well, if a Bob Dylan song was played or a mm -hmm. Tupac song was played, like if you played it, Scott, in there right now, yeah. and you told me to, you asked me to say, uh, okay, who sings this? Yeah. And 99% of America would be like, that's Bob Dylan. Sure, yeah. And Brent would be like... <laughs> I have no freaking clue. I guess my only point is that the fact you've heard those names before, though. Okay. Yeah. Well, I've heard of Tom Cruise and yeah. Robert Redford and Al Pacino. Al Pacino. Okay. Well, guess what? The dude's right up there too. Okay. So don't act like he's not. Daniel Day Lewis is right up there with the greats. I'm I'm going top five in in the modern era at least. I think this was a strange pull, Scott. Come on in on this one. You agree your thinking is more in line with Austin's. But no, he's it's more in line with society, Brent. Don't just say it with me. No, with we, society. We had some people that said uh, it, 
who? <laughs> well, maybe they didn't say who. But. Um, I, I guess I'm just a little more tuned into some pop culture stuff. I spend a little more time in the movie theater. So, uh. All right, but call Austin out right now. Daniel Day-Lewis is not top five. <laughs> Uh, what spectrum are we talking about here? Because, I mean, I don't know what era. his golf game's like for a foursome, but, I mean, if you're talking about somebody who's had some cool life experiences and probably got some cool stories to tell, hell, yeah, you do all right with that. Scott, do you think Daniel Day-Lewis is top five all time? Uh, I'm going to say top five in, in the modern era of cinema for Absolutely. Actors. Thank you very much. I mean, it's it's not even a debate. The Kuz, fact that we're I even miss you like crazy, talking buddy. about this. Well, I know Kuz is okay. you like crazy. Here's the thing. Here's, here's a mic drop movie to check him out. It's called My Left Foot. Go watch that movie, and, and you're done. All right. Check it out, Brent. But you brought something up the other day why I might not know him as well. Well, you didn't really give me an excuse like that. But <laughs> no, why I definitely might, didn't. But he stays out of the Oh, spotlight. yeah. Yeah, definitely. So, like, if I'm uh, watching one of those stupid shows like Inside Edition or TMZ, <laughs> where you hear these people's <laughs> names mentioned all the time. Yeah. You know, you're, like. You're, you're going to see Daniel Day-Lewis on TMZ anytime That's my soon. point. Yeah. I forgot to check in with my buddy. My buddy Pat is a movie buff. Oh, Pat's like, going to know who... Don't ask No, no, no. Okay. He'll know. Okay. I wanted to see how disappointed he was in Oh, me. yeah. Please show that information when you find that out. I should get Pat on the line. Get Pat on the line when you can. That'd Maybe be we'll fantastic. Check yep. Pat, by the way, could probably be his own daily segment. Oh, yeah? That's how crazy Pat is. Okay. Uh, Sounds like a cool dude. Plus, he'd be a Rhode Island accent. Bring oh, to the show. Oh, bring him on, heavy, please. Heavy like Rhode that. Island accent. I like that a lot. Uh, all right. You asked the question. NBA. And we're going to talk Jags linebackers in a moment. But I want to finish the question and uh, or the answer. You said one guy they could keep or do without. So I'm the saying, yeah, so like if you're building the franchise right now, who's like the one guy you don't want to see go? Like the one guy that's going to keep the team together? Out of Clay Thompson, Draymond Green, Steph Curry, Durant. Yeah, basically out of the starting five. I mean, like I said, I could say Andre Ingodala, but yeah. I think he'd be the first to go. I think if you, I mean, if you really just had one guy to pick from, uh, say you're the Knicks. Mm-hmm. Right, and mm-hmm. you could pick any of those guys. I think you're picking Durant. Yeah, right. Just, just because how now, versatile he is. Now, most people would be like, absolutely, you're picking Durant. The reason I hesitated a little bit, especially in like New York or when you're, what you also have to think of is basketball and marketability. See, Durant has way less marketability than Steph Curry. Steph Curry's a star, man. Steph Curry's yeah. more of a star than Kevin Durant. Yeah, but so do you think that's a term of just personality, though? Playing I think style, it's personality. I think it's it? swagger. I think it's three pointers. I think he burst on the scene as a Davidson kid, yeah, guy, but a, a young, um, uh, a little guy, you know. So I think, and he just has a personality. I think he ma- it makes him more marketable. If you ask ten people in the grocery store right now, we go over there mm-hmm. and you ask them, and you say, "Who's Steph Curry? Who's Kevin Durant?" Ooh, I think people, I might disagree. Brent. I think people know Steph Curry. I disagree because I think Kevin Durant had more of the college uh, career than Steph Curry did. You ask people, you know, University of Texas, Kevin Durant. Yeah, I bet people, a lot of people don't even know he went to Texas. But, but here's my point, though. Do you think something has to do with the fact that Steph Curry was in Golden State the whole time, so that was his team from the get-go, Probably. as opposed to Probably. Kevin Durant he coming over? The face, yeah. right? They yeah. won before Durant got there. Exactly. So, so again, so, we're talking two different things. Mm-hmm. But I think to answer your question, you're talking from building from a to a championship team. Kevin Durant, hands down, to me, would be the guy you keep. And mm-hmm. and What's questionable is, I don't think it's questionable that Steph Curry's second. Mm -hmm. But the reason I brought it up is, I think the way they're built, I think you take Kevin Durant off the Warriors, I'm not sure they're winning this year. Mm. I think you take Steph Curry off the Warriors, I'm still betting on the Warriors. 
I'll give it to you. I think Steph Curry, I think the team goes through him. He's the point guard. Okay? So... That's interesting, though, because every time down the floor, man, the ball's going through Kevin Durant now. Well, no, it, That's I mean... My, I mean it is going, yeah. The offense is going through Kevin Durant. He's touching the ball every time. He's dishing. He's either shooting over people. And, I, again, this is not a knock on Steph Curry, even though the mouthpiece drives me nuts sometimes. It's not <laughs> a knock on Steph Curry. I just feel like while he's so – he brings such an electricity to the game, I don't think they need him to win. If he had gotten hurt – I don't think it would be devastating if he, that was a broken hand for Golden State. Now, sure, it hurts them. I mean, this is all relative, but I think they would still win the NBA championship this year. It's a ballsy statement, man. Yeah. Yeah, I mean, there's no way to find That's out if you're, if you're right or wrong, but... Unless he goes and breaks his hands. I'll go and let yeah. I mean, I'm sure we can call somebody to make it happen, but I'm not going to. I'm not rooting for it. Brent's trying to make a point here. <laughs> Certainly not rooting for it. All right, what's up with the Jags lot, uh, uh, linebacker situation? Why are all these guys being signed? Is this normal stuff, or is this messaging to, once again, people? some people don't like we bring it up, but Telvin Smith? Mm-hmm. Um... You know, I mean, this is a few things, Brand. Like, this is this is going into the off season now. You're going to OTAs. I mean, you got to build the roster. So, a lot of times, people bring a lot of linebackers because we're talking special teams roles as well. So, I'm sure they're still trying to figure out, you know, some some of the kickoff teams, some of the punt return team, like all the special teams. So, that's got something to do with it, I think. I mean, the fact that Najee Good has some experience with Nick Foles. I mean, that's a that's a plus. Uh, I'm sure Foles knows of him. Now, granted, they play on the same side <laughs> yeah, of the ball. Fine, yeah. But, I mean, I'm sure Foles, you know, shared some information regarding good. But at the same time, we got to remember here, too, the fact that they signed two linebackers on the same day. If I'm a free agent linebacker, I'm going to a team that I know I might have an opportunity of getting a lot of playing time. I mean, that's the free agency, right? Like, that's the whole meat and potatoes of it. Yeah. So, the fact that two linebackers came over... Um, from two different teams, and essentially, like, listen, I understand, like, I mean, they can play middle. I think they can both play three spots. I mean, I'm sure they're they're better suited on certain spots, but from what I've read about them, they kind of been all over the place. So if they come over and two of them at the same time, somebody had to say something where it's like, well, yeah, special teams is definitely the option, but there might be some playing time in it for you. And if there's some playing time in it for you, well, what does that mean? Well, I think Miles Jack has cemented himself as a legit starter, regardless of where he's going to be at linebacker. I mean, one can assume that. I think, uh, you know, Jacobs is, we'll see. I think maybe you can upgrade from Jacobs, but Telvin Smith's still a question mark. And I think if you're a free agent and you're coming over and you think there's a chance that Telvin Smith may not be around uh, for training camp, then why don't you sign with the Jacksonville Jaguars? Yeah, I mean, think about it. So good is a guy, Wilson from the Rams. These guys have experience, too. So these guys have played. I mean, uh, Good played, what, for five years with the Eagles? Yeah. And then was with the Colts. And uh, I think uh, uh, Garofalo, Mike Garofalo is the one that tweeted this out. And again, the Jags haven't even confirmed it yet, but Garofalo's reporting uh, that they've added two linebackers. Rams and Chiefs, Remick Wilson's uh, played all 19 games for L.A. last year with four starts. So, I mean, he, he saw a lot of action again. Special teams, I get it, special teams. But also, Jaguars yesterday claimed another linebacker. Well, off waivers, and that's James Onwalu uh, from the San Francisco 49ers. I mean, it's just kind of crazy all of a sudden that 
in the last, what day are we at, Wednesday? In the last five days, with this Telvin Smith stuff circulating, they have drafted a guy in the late third round, they have signed a linebacker off waivers, and now they're adding two more here on Wednesday to the roster. They are thin at linebacker, but that's a little crazy. Four of them in five days with all this Telvin Smith stuff going around. I don't know if this is messaging. I don't know if this is just in case. Mm. I don't know if this is normal operating procedure, but it certainly catches my attention. Here's the thing, though, too. So they're listed that both have primarily played inside linebacker, okay? So with Good and Wilson... Um, I, th- I want to say I could have swore good played outside as well a little bit, but regardless, uh, they're both used to playing inside linebacker, which okay, special teams. Then maybe not worry about Telvin Smith, but yeah, t- special teams a big part of this. It is a big because part of they want to be good on special teams. If you have starting experience from different teams, I mean, if you have starting experience from the Super Bowl or you know Super Bowl they didn't win, but you know they're still there. So from a Super Bowl making Los Angeles Rams. If you have experience on that team, and, and Good won a Super Bowl as linebacker for the, the Philadelphia Eagles. So the, 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 they both have experience. So if you mean to tell me that you have two guys that played in the Super Bowl and middle linebacker are coming to Jacksonville just to play special teams, I, I think you're crazy. Yeah. So I think, I don't, I don't know, I guess I really don't know what to think because one's going to assume Miles Jack's playing middle linebacker. I mean, that we haven't heard anything well, to say he's not going to. Well, but here's the deal. You just said both these guys can play on the inside, mm-hmm. right? And then on top of that, Jake Ryan, if he comes back healthy, he can play in the middle. Yeah, he, he was brought to Jacksonville to play middle linebacker. And he so, wasn't brought to Jacksonville for special teams. And so what does that allow? If the Jags have three other people that could play in the middle, what yeah. does that allow them to do that you said could work and be more beneficial. Talking about that 3-4 defense, Brent? Or no. talking about the Miles Jack? I'm talking about okay, Miles, Miles Jack. Jack going outside. Yeah. Miles Jack, where you think he would be elite. Yes. And best served Absolutely. on that weak side. Without and, by the way, they just drafted a guy, Quincy Williams, who also can play there. Yeah. Uh, listen, I'm not a conspiracy theorist, but there's something up. Yeah. There's something up at the linebacker spot here in Jacksonville. And it might take a while to play out and figure it out. But there is something happening right so, now. And we might look up in a month and it might be nothing. Mm. But right now, there's something up. So are we calling it right now that Miles Jack might be moving to outside line? I mean, you're not uh, calling it, but... No, I, I, don't think is, uh, I don't think we can do that just yet. Mm-hmm. Um, but this opens the door for that mm-hmm. potential. Uh, uh, listen, I think the signing of Jake Ryan opened the door for that. Mm-hmm. Right? That's yeah. really what got this going. Yeah. I mean, Jake Ryan... who. Knows Dom Capers. That's the reason he's here. He's coming off injury. But he can play that middle, which would allow you to do what you said and put him on the weak side, mm-hmm. Miles, and let him run around and, and move in space and do what he does well. There's a lot of sensible things that add up here. Is it? Does it absolutely mean something's up with Telvin Smith? No. But the percentages are starting to go up, mm-hmm. that there's something up with the Jags linebacker position going into 2019. Hey, we're going to talk a little golf. I want to announce uh, where and when you can be a part of our Action Sports Jacks Dream 18 golf tournament. And by the way, there will be foursomes at this event. <laughs> You're invited. <laughs> you can bring Daniel Day-Lewis if you want. Uh, we'll and see the other busy. two guys that you brought yeah. wanted to bring. We'll see. I'm going to invite Vin Scully, yeah. Garth Brooks, yep. and Larry Bird. Okay. I don't think they're going to come. Yeah, I'm going to invite him. hit up my boy Jeff Bezos, too, because uh, <laughs> we, all, we talked about getting on the golf course together. So we'll By see, the way, Brent. 
if Jeff Bezos comes, can he write a nice check to the charity? Please? No, because he talks smack <laughs> about him. Jeff Bezos will be donating nothing. Hey, somebody invite Bill Murray. He might show up. That's what, that's what you get for talking smack he about could. somebody, Brent. No uh, charity dollars. All right, we'll announce that. And plus, at the top of the hour, Quincy Williams, speaking of the linebacker position, joins us to tell coming up next on ESPN 690. Brent Martineau. You see him every day on CBS 47, Fox 30, Action Sports Jack. Austin Lane. He's a former Jack star and current MMA fighter. Broadcasting live from the Anna and Levine studio. This is Action Sports Jacks on ESPN 690 and ESPN690.com. Hey, here we go on a Wednesday. Welcome back, everybody. Another beautiful day in Jacksonville, Florida, Northeast Florida. Hope you're having a fantastic day as the workday winds down. Dave Matthews Band in town tonight. Might, I just might, sneak over there uh, for a little he bit. up in the morning. Uh, <laughs> I'm Dave Matthews. I still don't understand how you, that's like your only song you know. That That is the go-to Dave Matthews boy. I mean, people are listening right now thinking Dave's in the studio with Brent Austin? Insane. Yeah, I thought that was one of your worst impressions. I yet. think it I, 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 I beg to differ. was better. I beg to differ. I think uh, Mel Kuyper was fantastic. <laughs> well, that was pretty easy. I had the music <laughs> in the background. <laughs> but I don't know about that one. Hey, uh, we've got uh, a special guest right now, Derek Stefano from the Golf Club at Southampton and... He is the owner over there at Southampton, a place we like to play very often. And I'm bringing him on for a couple of reasons. One, he's going to join us every couple of weeks, do a little golf talk. Uh, maybe a tip here or there, course conditions, area conditions. Uh, but this time around, to help me make a special uh, announcement, this is going to be year 10 of our Dream 18 concept. The first five years we did it on television. It was a segment on TV during the summer where we would have a... a junior golfer, a celebrity, a pro golfer, and usually a media member play one of the holes in Jacksonville. And we put it on TV as a segment on CBS 47 and Fox 30. Well, we had Tim Tebow and Spurrier and Urban Meyer and all the Jags players and all these people um, do it. It is a lot of fun. But we kind of ran out of one celebrities, two ideas after five years of doing it. So then we went to the old golf tournament. Uh, stayed away from the charity golf tournament for as long as possible. Then we went to it. Well, that started in 2010, so this will be the 10th anniversary of the Dream 18 concept. This will be our fifth year doing a golf tournament. First couple of years at Sawgrass Country Club, last couple of years at uh, King and the Bear at World Golf Village. And this year we're going over to the golf club Southampton. And my man Derek DeStefano helping us putting it on. And we're going to do it in September, September 16th. Uh, great friends of the community. Good friends uh, down there off 210 on uh, St. John's County. What's up, my man? How you doing? I'm fantastic, fellas. Love the new show. Uh, thanks. Thank you, uh, we appreciate you listening to the new show. Right. And before we get any further on the Dream 18 and, and what else I want to talk about with you, a little golf, uh, what's your foursome, uh, by the way, that you would have? <laughs> well, I, I, I listen to the show a lot here, and I will say there is no actors in my foursome. Uh, and I still <laughs> yeah. have no That's idea who the actor is. <laughs> uh, however, my mom, my dad, and Jack Nicholas would probably be my foursome that wow. I can think of off the top of my head. Now that's too nice. See, you've you've topped us already. Mom and Dad now hate me and yeah, and uh, I feel, Austin. I feel kind of bad now. now <laughs> I mean, shoot, should I have hey, my wife know. in my foursome too? Well, Brett, you, you snubbed me yesterday. I so, did. You I know, know. My double eagle a couple of years ago with you. I, I get the snub for that. That's okay. Though. Derek, by the way. <laughs> can play. <laughs> That's a flex right there. Double oh, no. eagle. Double, no, no, I get a better flex. A double eagle was nothing. Oh, excuse I think, me. I mean, he's proud of it, but, but I saw him shoot 
63 mm-hmm. at Southampton. Not bad. That's like nine under par, by the way. I mean, I play golden tee. I understand how good that is, yes. Yeah. Oh, I didn't okay. know. They don't have foursomes at golden tee. <laughs> they don't have foursomes at golden tee. No, they don't, but they have, uh, yeah, shooting 60s. <laughs> um, this guy can play, and it's these damn hockey players. See, that's what I say about you. You don't play golf, but you will be able to play golf because you hockey players can play golf, and Derek was okay. a hockey player. Okay, Derek, what's up, man? The Gilmore effect. Yes, sir. It is. Well, they get it in that slot, slap shot, right? Yeah, but... To be fair, I'm a lefty at hockey. I'm a righty at golf. At least I think I am. Uh, like, maybe I mean, that's the problem. Maybe that's the problem with my golf swing. I don't know. I guess we'll find out. Uh, I'll really confuse you one day and say, uh, eat left-handed, right left-handed, but do everything else uh, right-handed. Yeah, that is unusual. Well, that's insane, yeah. Yeah, that's, that's pretty unusual. All right. Uh, I'll show you how it affects your putting. We broke news yesterday. We didn't talk about this enough that Austin is going to... I think or try out with the Iceman for real next year. I mean, did Coach, was, it, was this a fun thing or, or is Coach serious about this? Coach said come for uh, for training camp, for tryouts. This would be pretty awesome. If you have NFL player, pro MMA fighter, <laughs> and pro hockey player, I mean, put it on the resume. Move over, Bo Jackson. <laughs> put it on the gym resume. Move over, Tim Tebow. Uh, my question Deion is, Deion Sanders. I'm not cutting my, like, what do I do with my hair? Those mid-ice fights would get way more interesting. Seriously, Brent. Like, name one hockey player with long hair. I can't think of it. Like, is that illegal? That's what I'm saying. (laughs) There we go. The one that comes to mind is retired now, and he does analyst stuff on on the... I want to say it's uh, for NBC. Is that Jimmy Roenick? No, he was was an African-American player. uh, And when he played, he he had the dreads. Huh, really? I'll have to do some deep but diving I, here. But I believe now he shaved his head to be on TV, I think, is, is what he did after he retired. Huh. That's why I'm on the radio. Ah, I didn't know that. Um, but anyway, <laughs> hey, uh, Derek. I wasn't a shot at you, Austin. Kind of was a little bit, but that's all right, man. I countered. I got, I got nothing good. against the dread. <laughs> I appreciate it. <laughs> well, we're going to make you shave your head. <laughs> nah. <laughs> See you later. <laughs> hey, what, um, what position did you play in hockey, Derek? I was defenseman. That's where the power came from in the long T-ball. Ah, mm. defenseman. Okay. Uh, yeah. Could you, flat shot. could you skate? Can you skate still? When was the last time you skated? Oh, my goodness. Uh, the last time I skated was probably sophomore year of high school. Which, oh, my. Uh, to show you guys how young I am was almost 20 years ago. Mm. Kind of right in my alley then and because the, I started skating like after like 16 years. So Yeah. Yeah. Well, you can probably still do it. Yeah, it's like I switched over to golf full time then, uh, but uh, I could skate better backwards at the time than forwards. I can tell you that. Well, that's why you're playing defense, <laughs> obviously. That's right. That, that's... I did more practice backwards than forwards. Right? <laughs> that is how that works. Hey, man, we're excited uh, to have the Dream 18 over at the golf club at Southampton. You guys have done a fantastic job over there, um, and big in the community. That. And and uh, it'll be September 16th. We're looking at nine o'clock in the morning, and we'll have a lot of information leading up to it. We'll get more details out. But uh, thanks for being the host this year uh, of the Action Sports yeah, Show Stream 18. We're very excited to be uh, to be the host and uh, be a part of the show, and uh, we look forward to uh, having a great event and doing what we do best and raising money for our local community. Yeah, and we, we will raise money uh, like we normally do for North Florida Junior Golf Foundation, so help junior golf in the area, and also St. Michael's Soldiers, which helps military families. It's kind of a grassroots effort. Uh, 
with my friends uh, from Fields Cadillac, actually, uh, and they started that a few years back. They do some fantastic things, and we try to raise money for them as well to, to help military families here in the Jacksonville area. It'll be, it has been right around 9-11 uh, in the past couple of years. This one will be on 9-16, so shortly after uh, 9-11, right there in football season. But we've had some good luck with the weather recently, and it uh, should be a lot of fun. While I've got you talking some golf, we're going to do this a lot more, so we'll get into more of the golf stuff as we move along. Next couple, every couple of weeks when we have you on, Derek. But uh, how are the courses right now? I mean, we finished the Players Championship. This would normally, by the way, be a hot time coming in because the Players Championship would be days away. And I know all the golf courses get busy. But uh, how's your spring been? And as you head into May, June, and July, uh, will you get a lot of traction, get a lot of activity? And how are the golf courses looking? So we, we are actually pretty fortunate here in Northeast Florida to have year-round business. Uh, you know, South Florida is it's very snowbirdish, if you will, uh, where most of them have already gone back up north. But we have a, a large enough contingency here in Jacksonville that, uh, that we can be a year-round uh, business and stay pretty steady. We do see the spikes. Uh, usually March, April, May is our busiest months. But uh, it was funny this year with the players being in March, you talked about the local courses, one of the number one comments we heard from customers is their questions actually was why the courses all look dry around here. And uh, unfortunately, that's that's the time of year that they're dormant. They're not dry. They're just dormant. The grass is off color. However, uh, the Players' Championship, they overseeded everything. So everything looked green out there. <laughs> yeah, so yeah. that was an interesting uh, uh, question to try and answer with a lot of the northern folks coming to visit us. Yeah, it makes but, a lot of uh, sense. It, in reality, we're heading into summer conditions, and uh, everything's greening up, and uh, it's absolutely fantastic. Awesome. Good stuff. Uh, you, one thing I wanted to talk to you about, uh, you, you brought this up to me earlier, is people talk about golf being, I don't know about dead. It's like I, I equate it to baseball sometimes. That there are some reasonable thoughts about why golf and baseball um, are different than maybe they used to be in terms of popularity, uh, in terms of kids playing. But... You find here in Northeast Florida that a ton of kids are playing, huh? Exactly. This year, you know, I hate hearing the articles on the national level uh, about how golf is dying. Um, we obviously had a tough time during the recession, but it's discretionary income. And in the past, you know, it used to be where mom and dad or even the retired generation went uh, for peace and quiet away from children, away from families. And, it, and golf never encouraged a family environment. And uh, about, I think it was about eight or nine years ago, they really, the PGA of America got into the initiatives to grow the game of golf with the youth and as well as women. Uh, but primarily the youth was the main focus in order to get future golfers. And what we've seen as a result of that is our middle schools in Jacksonville itself and, and St. John's County and the other counties around us actually have teams now. They have middle school teams. And to filter down uh, below the middle school level, um, obviously there's high school teams, but to filter down below the middle school level, you now have what's called the PGA Junior League, which is an opportunity for kids to wear jerseys and compete against each other um, on, a, on a weekly basis with a couple practices throughout the week. And the jerseys kind of look like the soccer jerseys. You find sponsors, and, and uh, the kids get an opportunity at a young age to see what the team environment of golf is all about. Um, and have fun. And that's really, really what it's about, is promoting the fun of golf instead of just standing on a driving range and showing them how to swing a golf club. Um, and at Southampton, we've been very fortunate. This year is our largest uh, crop of juniors we've ever seen in the Junior League with 35 kids. And we actually have three teams and have a waiting list. 
um, is about all we could handle was 35 kids just based on what we uh, have available to us. So it's pretty amazing to see the growth of golf just since I've been here in the last uh, several years. And it's pretty exciting. Hey, that's good stuff. Uh, good intel on, on the youth uh, playing the game of golf. And, uh, well, I absolutely love it. And I got a little guy out there in middle school right now who just hit it three times in the water during his match today, um, <laughs> apparently, according to my wife. So <laughs> uh, it God happens. <laughs> well, we like, love to see Ty working on a game at Southampton. That's for right. sure. Not like Dad has ever uh, hit it three times in a row. In I've, the water. I've never seen you do that. Bro. Yeah, absolutely. <laughs> hey, Derek DeStefano, owner at uh, the Golf Club at Southampton, host of this year's Action Sports Shacks, Dream 18, September 16th. More details to come. Good to talk to you, buddy, and we'll do this every couple of weeks and uh, have some fun stuff uh, around the sport of golf, all right? Thanks, fellas. Appreciate everything. All have right. a great day. Have fun at Dave Matthews Band tonight. Oh, I definitely will. That's for sure. <laughs> <laughs> Thanks, man. Uh, Derek DeStefano jumping in. All right, we're going to take a quick time out. When we come back... Uh, more of the linebackers for the Jacksonville Jaguars. They added another one. Are we going to do this every 15 minutes? Another one. Another one. Crazy, man. Who's this guy coming in? I'll tell you. <laughs> After the break? Yeah. Can you tell me during the break and what's all the people yeah. listening? Yeah, okay, cool. Yeah, I'll tell everybody else when we come back. Deal. They can't hear it during the break. Deal. I don't think. Yeah. Good thing. Yeah. <laughs> More to come on yeah. ESPN 690. Hi, this is Grayson Marshall Jr., 2016 ACC legend, and you're listening to ESPN 690. Hey, we were talking about working out. Yep. I was just saying I want to come over to the gym yeah. and get a work. I don't want to wrestle like you're going to do tonight. Okay. I want to go work. No, we can be in. You can uh, do some bag work, hit the mitts a little bit. Yeah. Yeah, let's do that. A good workout. Absolutely. I, I, by the way, I put this out there, um, and I didn't know it would gain that much traction. I just said, I want to get after it May and June, and here we are in May. So I started working out a little bit today, but I still have to find if I'm going to commit to something, do something. So I thanks for all your responses. I will do it by the weekend because my plan is, if I am going to do something more aggressive, like for two or three days a week, uh, then I'll start it next Monday because mm-hmm. then I'll have eight weeks. Yeah. And, and why I'm doing that is because then I go on vacation for a couple weeks in July, and then football starts up. It's going to be a little busier. So I know sure. I've got these next two months to be able to do it. But I couldn't believe all the responses. Like I, I kind of joked last week how many different things there are to do. Yeah. Even, I mean, I knew there were a lot of gyms. I knew there were a lot of new methodology things, CrossFit. Mm-hmm. It's amazing how many things people do and, and some great ones out there, too. So well, uh, don't feel bad if I don't pick yours. I might not pick any of them, to be honest with you. I might just do what I did today and do well, a little circuit workout. And, and you're mentioning it, Brent. I was actually pretty impressed with your circuit workout. You're you're doing a bunch of things. You're doing strengthening. You're doing some plyometrics. You're kind of shocking the body a little bit, doing a full body workout. So I'm proud of you, man. I'm actually Thanks. a little impressed. I mean, yeah. I guess, you know, you're a former collegiate baseball player, so you know a little something something. But yeah, but I don't like I was shocked. Shocked. I'm just not a, like, I don't love doing it. Like, no. I get the sense you like going to work out. Oh, yeah. Absolutely. I don't. I don't know. I'm, I'm like, kind of weird like that, I also don't want to sit on the couch. Like, I'm not a go sit on the couch guy. Sure. But I'd much as rather go play nine holes than go work out for an hour today. Yeah. But, I mean, I assume even, like, playing nine holes, you're still active somewhat. Yeah, I mean, not, yeah, you're, you're, not that kind. You're in the golf cart and everything, so, Listen, yeah. Being active for me is not a problem. I mean, yeah. you're kind of all over the place, but... That means you don't usually eat that well, and I don't get this kind of workout in. So yeah. I just want to do it two or three times a week. So I said, I'm going to come to the gym. Mm-hmm. I don't want to commit to the gym for like three times a week. No, no. But I do want to go try it. I'd love to see what no, you do. No, we're going to get you in some time, man. Handle it. Oh, well, let's, let's. 
pump the brakes a little bit, Brent, with handling it. We'll, we'll make sure you, we're not going to kill you. We'll, we'll make sure that you handle it. But, um, yeah, I can get you in the gym, man, and do some mitt work and uh, some yeah. heavy bag work. Maybe That'd I do a fun. little benchmark. Like, I start, I try one like next week, maybe. Okay. Then a month later, I try another one. Yep. Make it a little harder. Yep. And then at the end of this little eight week little period, I'll do another one. I like it. Let's and get that's it, when I knock your ass out. Uh, okay. Oh, jeez, Brent. Like I said yesterday. <laughs> Pick a number between one and thirty, because there's three different ways I can knock you out and choke you out. So just pick one, and uh, we'll go from there. It doesn't take me long to get confident. It does not at all. We started from hey, can I come to your gym sometime and maybe all right, eight weeks later I'm knocking your ass out. Cool, Brent. That's hey, quite uh, the development there. It is the linebacker themed show of shows here on Action Sports Jacks on ESPN six ninety. That made no sense, but I just made it up. Uh, <laughs> They signed another linebacker, DJ Alexander, fifth-year linebacker. They signed Najee Good. Is it Najee? Najee. Yeah. Good. Uh, eighth-year linebacker, fifth-year Remick or Ramik Wilson. I got to get pronunciations on these guys. I should know this more. Um, those guys aren't on my fantasy team. <laughs> <laughs> yes. I really yeah. should know that more, though. Uh, but anyway, uh, Alexander Good and Wilson. And that means you've got fifth-year guy, eighth-year guy, fifth-year guy. Joining the roster today, the 90-man roster for the Jacksonville Jaguars. And uh, that's, again, eye-opening mm-hmm. to go along with a signing yesterday off waivers and also the draft pick who we're about to talk to in like five minutes. So any of these guys get you excited? Let me just ask you that. Forget about the Telvin Smith stuff. Let me get off that. But any of these guys, is it all a special teams play? Is it all a depth no, play? No. So guess what position uh, DJ Alexander played or has played primarily? Weak side. Nope. Middle. N- yeah, middle inside linebacker. Okay. So <laughs> you got three inside linebackers coming. Uh, to go along with Jake Ryan. Yeah. To go along with Miles Jack. Yeah. To go along with a guy like Leon Jacobs, who they believe can play that if necessary. Bright guy. Yeah, he has in college. Yeah. So I'm excited from the standpoint where... I think Miles Jack's going to move to the outside. Listen, Quan Alexander is another perfect example. Former Pro Bowler, a uh, seasoned vet. I, I said, yeah, not Quan. I'm sorry, DJ, DJ Alexander, Alexander. Yeah, is a prime example of a former Pro Bowler. Um, you know, a seasoned vet. He's Special not coming. Special teams Pro Bowler. Okay, well, it's the same point though. But like, I feel like a guy with his experience, who has played at start of the linebacker as well. You got to think that. There's something more. I mean, listen, if, if you're an inside linebacker right now, you see two other guys sign the same day as you yeah. did, something's up. Okay? Yeah, it just feels like, especially when they have a couple guys that could move to the weak side. Exactly. Right? And now a draft pick and also Miles Jack has the ability to do it. I, it's fascinating right now in Jagsland. Now, could this just be this accumulation of competition coming in? Special teams is a big deal to the Jags, so don't sleep on that. What's well, a big deal to anybody, though, let's be honest. But they really, they've emphasized it here with Joe D. Camillus, with Tom Coughlin, Doug Marone. They've really, really, really emphasized it in bringing in players. Linebackers are good for that, but there's a lot of linebacker additions. Now, if you go all the way back to Jake Ryan. Hey, speaking of linebackers, we've got the newest addition. Well, maybe not anymore, the newest. <laughs> the newest yeah. draft pick addition, Quincy Williams. Murray State stand up. Murray State joins us next on ESPN 690. Brent Martineau. You see him every day on CBS 47, Fox 30, Action Sports Jacks. Austin Lane. He's a former Jag star and current MMA fighter. Broadcasting live from the Anna Jar and Levine studio. This is Action Sports Jacks on ESPN 690 and ESPN690.com. Austin Lane did a little poll question on Twitter. Easy, Brent. 
And he said, let's settle this nonsense once and for all. Which is more insane not knowing? Foursome is a golf term. Who Daniel Day-Lewis is? What are we at right now? 63% of the crowd says foursome right. is a golf term. Listen. I understand that Brent loves to flex about having all these Twitter followers, and I, you know, I have close to ten thousand, I think nine thousand two hundred something, but who's counting? And I want you people to know that are listening right now. I do not care if I offend either any of you right now. What I'm about to say, you people in Florida that are Jaguars fans grew up on the golf courses, and I get it. So you're, you have Brent's side. But you got to understand where I'm coming from. I'm from Wisconsin. I grew up in the bars watching Packer games as a child. We have winter. We don't have golf courses, okay? So I didn't know what a foursome was. So all you privileged, spoiled little people <laughs> on Twitter that voted for Brent, that grew up in the warm weather of Jacksonville, Florida, that grew up in the golf courses, uh, you guys can uh, sit on it. Wow. Yeah. It's a good way to get more listeners here in Jacksonville on like, ESPN 690. Well, I guess the station needs a bad guy, and I'll be the bad guy, I guess. I'm, you are I'm a little villain. upset with how this is going right now. Because <laughs> you I, don't made like this to lose. Poll, I made this poll to help me out, and it's completely backfiring in my face. <laughs> so, yeah, I'm a little say, upset. Just because I have a lot of Twitter followers doesn't necessarily mean they like me. Well, hey, Austin. What's Austin, up, man? You're a well-read guy, right? Literature, you've, you've opened a couple of books and uh, oh, yeah. done some stuff. Oh, yes, sir. Um, are you familiar with Mark Twain? I've, I've heard of him before, yep. He gave us a great definition for golf. It is a perfectly good walk, spoiled. <laughs> <laughs> God, is Coos ever going to come back? Because I hope he stays in Colorado, man. <laughs> Scott, you are the man. Thank you very much. Uh, Scott, you need to get on Twitter and vote. <laughs> <laughs> you can read Mark Twain. I mean, have you heard of Mark Twain? Man? I have heard of Mark Twain. Fantastic. Never really read him, but just heard him. Fantastic. Uh, how's that guy in Jeopardy doing, by the way? He's still killing it? Yeah. Is that like 1.4 million? Dude, you want to talk about a flawless victory. So uh, the girl that he beat, I think it was last night, for like the final Jeopardy answer, she put good luck to him. Like, <laughs> like seriously, psychologically defeating these people. Wow. One by one. He didn't. Even, she didn't want to guess. No. She was over it. Wow. Guy's that good, bro. I haven't even seen him. Like, Guys, I, haven't I, haven't, seen I, haven't, I haven't watched it either, to tell uh, you the truth. Yeah, I haven't seen it yet, so yeah. I'll have to take a peek uh, as it as it continues on. Uh, Quincy Williams, Jaguars' uh, new linebacker out of Murray State, uh, will join us in just a couple moments. Uh, tracking him down, uh, he's scheduled to join us, and, and that will happen uh, very shortly. What? How much pride at Murray State was there when you got drafted? And I don't know how many guys have been either drafted or signed with football teams since then. Mm -hmm. Has it been a, a common theme? Or is this once again like, oh, we had Austin Lane in 2010, and now here we have Quincy Williams in 2019, plus the Sanford kid who signs as an undrafted free agent with the Jags, too. So really a couple guys out of this class. Yeah. Um, so like when I got drafted, you know, it was, a, it was a bigger deal because I was the highest draft pick in Murray State history. Uh and, you know, I guess just like the whole background story was it was crazy as well. But um, from my class, we had another kid, the kid that was on the NBC Titans games. I, I, I talked about like oh, yeah, a, yeah. a couple months ago. Yeah. So he was a, a restricted free or undrafted free agent that played in Houston for a couple of years. Um, and it was cool to play against him because, you know, he actually got some playing time and whatnot. So that was a cool experience. And then there's another guy my uh, senior year who was a junior named Marcus Harris, who was a quarterback slash wide receiver who spent some time as an undrafted 
um, rookie in New York, played for the Giants a couple seasons. So, you know, the, the, there's a couple guys, but I mean, you know, with, with Quincy here being that third round pick, I mean, there's nothing, you know, there's <laughs> nothing's going to hold a candle to that, you know. So that is a, definitely a big deal, and especially with the hype on campus with John Moran. I mean, Dude, it's, uh, it's a good time to be a racer. It's, it's a good time to be a racer, to say the least. Yeah, yes. I mean, listen, at schools like that, by the way, that really helps. You know, yeah. uh, those those that kind of publicity, having a guy or two get to the league or the NBA. I mean, John Morant, really, I mean, being one of the mm-hmm. top three players in the country this year, mm-hmm. uh, all that exposure. You know, those kind of school, schools like my Ashland University, I mean, that stuff really helps. Adam Shaheen going in the second round out of mm-hmm. Division II Ashland University. Yeah. I mean, that's crazy. So it's uh, it it's cool for the schools. I love those stories. And yeah. we, we don't talk mid majors in college football like we do in college basketball, but they are essentially you know yeah. those kind of same roles. And, and to have they're actually probably even smaller than mid majors in college basketball because there's less upside to be able to have upsets and and make a name for yourself. Mm-hmm. But this obviously does it. So. Uh, it's really a cool deal, and well, I mean, and, and they usually, like you said, your story was a little different. And I yeah. think Quincy Williams, junior Olympic swimmer to the and NFL, different story. And the, and and the story is too that was one you can kind of get behind because you know this is a guy that you know he had some bad test grades or test scores and didn't have a lot of options uh, for colleges. And Coach Stewart took a chance on him. Like this wasn't a guy that you know went to maybe a D1 university, got in trouble, and had a transfer. Like I remember we had a guy by the name of Ryan Perilou in our conference. Remember Ryan Perilou played yeah, at yeah. Uh, yeah. yeah. So, LSU. Yeah, played LSU. But then uh, went to, like, uh, was it Jacksonville State? Jacksonville State, yeah, which yeah. was in our conference. So, like, I mean, obviously when he got to the conference, like, he was a dude. Like, holy cow, it's Ryan Perilou, you know? Yeah, like, yeah. it's one of those things. So, uh, it's cool from Quincy's perspective where, you know, he started out at Murray State. He worked hard. Um, I don't want to say he was in his brother's shadow, but while his brother was getting all this notoriety at Alabama, um, you know, Quincy was just kind of minding his own business, doing his own thing, and look what happened. Third-round yeah. pick. I mean, you talk about that. I mean, to be honest with you, let, let's let's say it how it is. I mean, nobody knew Quinn and Williams had a brother. <laughs> <laughs> no, for sure. I, I mean, I, I, I knew. Yeah, I know, but, but, I'm but saying, if you weren't following, yeah. In I, the draft absolutely. process, nobody's like, hey, Quinn and Williams might be a top five pick. No, most I likely agree. might be the best player in the draft. And by the way, look out for his brother. Could be taken in the fifth round, sixth round, fourth round, third round. Yeah. Too. But nobody really said that. Yeah. So what a wild experience, you know, and. I don't know. I'll, I'll be interested to ask him that when he when we get him on. Does that put a chip on your shoulder, being under the radar a little bit with your brother getting all the love? Or yeah. I mean, I know you respect that. Obviously, a good player, he earned that. Um, but it'll be interesting to see how he treats that and said, "Hey, what about me?" Type of thing, you know? Mm-hmm. Like he's he's the older brother, but usually it's the little brother that does that. That's the what little I'm brother that says, "Hey, what about me?" Yeah. What about me? You know? Yeah. Um, here's what we're going to do. Take a timeout right now uh, before we get too up against the break. And hopefully we'll have Quincy Williams on the other side. We're expecting him to uh, give us a buzz in just a couple moments. So let's take a timeout. Back in a couple minutes. Action Sports Shacks on ESPN 690. We're talking football now. Jaguars football really the next hour. We've got Quincy Williams on the way. Calais Campbell at 445. So uh, a lot to get to with Jaguars football here on ESPN 690. Austin Lane and Scott hanging out here on a Wednesday. Who should be back tomorrow, by the way? Uh, and what happens to you, Scott? I go down the hall back to my usual cave. Oh, all right. Is that a good cave to be in? Oh, it's a happy place. 
my guess is you watch a lot of Daniel Day-Lewis stuff <laughs> in there. Don't tell my boss. <laughs> <laughs> I can't get over this. I'm just not going to let it go. I'm going to just drill it into the ground. That's if fine, I... man. You're, you're really going to push me to the breaking point. I'm just going to call up the entire Jacksonville audience here and really say something I'm going to regret, but yeah. whatever, man. Hey, why don't, uh, as we wait for Quincy Williams, uh, we think we're getting him soon. Um, uh, we know that we know we're looking for him and trying to find him, and we had just uh, talked to him about a half hour ago about coming on, so I, we'll get him. Um, so hang tight on that front. How about a little, uh, you get your stay in your lane ready? Stay in my lane. That's a, that's a change up there. But, yeah, I got it. I know. I didn't give you a heads up. But we're no, on the fly here. All, These are man. called audibles. We've, uh, we've been doing stay in your lane for like the last segment for how long now? And this all of a sudden a, we're going this is at like, 4 o'clock. By the way, this is like um, when the middle linebacker or whatever changes the call. Audible. I mean, I just went to my head. It's called an, yeah, an helmet. Audible. That's called an audible. I yep. know. I already said the word audible. <laughs> I know. <laughs> I'm just giving you crap, man. All right. How many audibles are there on defense, by the way? Uh, I mean, for like the defensive line perspective, I mean, or does it happen a lot? Defense? Or once you get into a call, you kind of stick with the call. Uh, you stick with the call, but sometimes your job can can be different. Like for instance, uh, if I'm on the weak side and I'm, I'm in a five technique, so I'm, I'm outside of the the tackle. Yeah. Say the tight end switches over and comes to my side, so now I'm on the strong side. Well, then I, I can audible to like a six or sometimes a wide nine, depending depending what defense you're running. You just so, do that by yourself, or do you have to let somebody else uh, know? Well, usually, I mean, it's in the game plan, so you're supposed to know it. And the linebacker, if they're good, they're going to tell you to, to get outside as well. Okay. Yeah. Do you think possibly when there is some talk of, do you think that that has taken Miles Jack maybe longer to do in that position, those kind of plays to Whoa. recognize and make the announcement? Yeah, I mean, um, I wouldn't say necessarily like that play I just named, but I mean, listen, the the middle linebacker spot is a stressful situation, especially if you haven't really played it before. Um, I feel like it's something that's ingrained, you know, in you in high school even, and then in college, it's uh, it's a lot of seeing what kind of formation. Because I mean, as middle linebacker, you have to see number one what kind of formations they're in. So. As a defensive end, I mean, I just lined up and said, all right, is there a tight end in front of me? No. Okay, five technique. Is there a tight end in front of me? Yes. Okay, seven technique, nine technique. And that's it. Yeah. And now, granted, like, sometimes there's games put on where you have to do, like, a certain pass rush game. But for the most part, that's it. But middle linebacker, they got to know the coverages. They have to know the fronts. They have to know the shifts. I mean, it's a lot of responsibility. Yeah. yeah and uh, by the way, I don't think there has been a narrative that Miles Jack needs to move from middle linebacker. I don't think that's the case. I think he does have some growing still to do in that spot. Can you get to uh, more of an elite level in that spot? I think the answer to that would be yes. Is he bad there? I think the answer to that is no. And then to your point of view, and now all these linebackers being signed, is he better suited to be in the weak side? It's probably the best way to characterize it, best argument to make. And we'll see if he ends up there at some point in his career. So here's the thing, quick. To know if you have a good linebacker, a good middle linebacker or not, and from the Jaguars games that I've watched last year, I didn't see any issues with Miles Jack getting players lined up, making the calls. Um, It it all looked to be pretty well. But if you watch, like, a preseason game or if you watch, like, a game where there's a backup middle linebacker, if the ball's about to be snapped and you see a bunch of defensive linemen and even uh, some linebackers with their hands up in there, like, turning around, like, what do we got? That's the middle linebacker's job. Yeah. And if you see that all the time uh, during a game, which you'll see it sometimes. You might see it once That or stems but... directly on the middle linebacker. Yeah. yeah. I mean, you're going to see good. it preseason. Call timeout. No. Coach, call timeout. Yeah. yeah, exactly. <laughs> yes, sir. All right, stay in your lane while stay we Stay in your lane. Go into cruise control. This is actually by request, but I, I had it We um, do requests for stay in your lane now. Well, we, if we're going to talk some golf, guess what? I'm going to talk some wrestling, man. So, oh, boy. Uh, and I'm sure you might maybe, you actually may have saw this on Twitter as well because it was trending for a long time this morning. 
Uh, John Moxley, formerly known as Dean Ambrose, tweeted out a video. Uh, and it was kind of like a promo video, kind of like a hype video. And uh, in the video, it's just kind of, you know, him teasing his return. So Brenda kind of set the scene quick as her boss just put up a giant, <laughs> giant fat head of Daniel Day-Lewis Day in the window, which uh, I awesome. can't get enough of. Thank you very much, Nick, for doing I that. I can't wait to go get my picture taken with Daniel Day-Lewis. <laughs> so, so to get back to my point quick with, uh, with John Moxley, also known as Dean Ambrose, um, Dean Ambrose... <sighs> From from the wrestling perspective, uh, the wrestling audience perspective, a lot of people didn't like him because he wasn't necessarily a guy who had a lot of skill set uh, in terms of ring performance. So like his his move set wasn't that good. Now when he was in the Shield, I mean he was he was surrounded by Roman Reigns and Seth Rollins. Now Seth Rollins was like the high flyer in the Shield. Okay, he was the guy doing all the crazy stuff. Roman Reigns, a.k.a. the big dog, he was the guy that was like, you know, which Vince McMahon loves. He was, a, he was that big body. He had the look, more of a power guy. And Dean Ambrose, he was, the, he was the mouthpiece. He was the guy in the microphone all the time. So from that perspective, I thought Dean Ambrose was fantastic. I think his mic skills were great. And he's known as the lunatic fringe, okay? So, like, he's got this persona where he could snap any second. Now, fast forward, the Shield break up, and now Dean Ambrose is kind of by himself. I think the fact that maybe he didn't have the best in-ring moves in, in WWE and the fact that he didn't have complete control of his character really hurt Dean Ambrose, and he, he requested that he leave, uh, that, he, that you know his contract uh, gets terminated from WWE. So now that was a couple weeks ago. Let's fast forward. Dean Ambrose, now known as John Moxley, releases, releases this video on Twitter and uh, you know just kind of sets the world on fire. And uh, what he's teasing at is his old character, John Moxley, was like Dean Ambrose times 100. This guy is a lunatic. He's insane. I mean, I posted a, a picture today on my Twitter. I probably should have put not safe for work, uh, but it was, a, it was a match between him and Brain Damage from CZW. And uh, at one point, Brain Damage takes a, a saw and saw, saws Dean Ambrose's face a little bit now. It was kind of a work, but the blood was still real. So, yeah, so John Moxley is a free agent. People are saying it's all a ploy for the WWE to get him back as a new character. I say pump the brakes. That's not going to happen at all. John Moxley is a wild card. He can't be constricted to the WWE rules from the FCC of being family-friendly. John Moxley is a lunatic, and I think... Might be a candidate for All Elite Wrestling, Brent. Ooh. And that's what I'm saying right so now. So that's what you're oh, getting to. That's what I'm getting to. I was about to. to ask, is there a chance he's going to show up under Khan's uh, new venture here? So uh, glad yeah. to see we're thinking the that's, same thing. Uh, oh, yeah. Go figure, Scott. You're a wrestling guy, too. <sighs> oh, easy, Brent. Yeah. Easy, uh, easy on my friend Scott over there. Okay. Because right now you're outnumbered between me, him, and Daniel Day-Lewis in the window. We are. From, from the I, it's a hell of a foursome, isn't it? It is a, <laughs> it's a hell of a foursome, man. I know I'm carrying your asses on the golf course, <laughs> that's for sure. So, yeah, so uh, John Moxley is in cruise control. And then pump your brakes real quick. Uh, Brent, this isn't really sports-related. Shocking. But if, <laughs> but if you want to tie it to sports, I would say that, you know, a guy that I mentioned yesterday in my foursome was none other than Kanye West. Yes. And Kanye West is in Pump My Brakes right now. Well, not necessarily Kanye West, but are you familiar with the Kanye West Sunday service? No. That's okay. A lot of people aren't. 
Uh, so That's the Kanye, not as bad as Daniel Day. Not even close. Okay. So, so the Kanye West Sunday service is a thing where he gets together every single Sunday, and it's almost like a like a church gospel thing where he uh, he has like his instruments and everything. He gets like a choir together and he plays music um, in random places. Uh, so it can just randomly pop up one Sunday in California. Well, the Kanye West Sunday service a couple weeks ago popped up at Coachella. Um, just like on the grounds randomly. And obviously it was a surprise, so people went nuts. Well, people are taking the grass that Kanye West did his Sunday service on. And no, I don't mean like grass that you smoke. I mean literally just grass that Kanye was standing on. And it is selling, I kid you not, for 100 bucks right now on eBay. Really? Yeah. Pump like, your brakes so, a little bit. I'm confused because, again, pop culture moron talking here. So I don't really pay attention to the Kanye West stuff, but I see a lot pass through my mm-hmm. timeline on Twitter. Yeah. And I'm not sure if I'm supposed to... Do the cool kids like Kanye West or not like Kanye West? I think the don't cool they, kids... Don't they think he's gone a little crazy? Oh, he has gone crazy. Yeah. yeah I mean, that's, that's not up for debate. I mean, the guy is definitely a little loony. But I think that that's kind of the character that he's playing. You know, and I think the younger... I mean, at the end of the day, Brent, regardless of what he's done... Um, people still love his music. You know, it's kind of like, and I don't want to compare him to this, but like, people still listen to Michael Jackson. Well, there's a lot of allegations that Michael Jackson wasn't yeah. really a good yeah, guy, yeah. right? Yeah. So, I mean, Kanye West hasn't done half that. So, yeah, Kanye West has kind of taken some criticisms for being a Trump supporter from like, because he, obviously the younger generations are more liberal, so they had a hard time with that whole thing. But um, overall, his music speaks for itself, and the younger generations are still into that. Yeah, interesting. Yeah. Uh, but so, anyways, $100 for, for a, patch of, a patch of grass. We're going to have to see what we can get. For me and you? Like, yeah. Like, like a patch of carpet in here? No, not carpet, but we'll oh. go uh, do a show from some some <laughs> some place. Yeah. Like, we should have grabbed some from the stadium the other day. Now we're talking. And see if we could sell it. Okay. Maybe, I should have grabbed some from the Masters, but then I would have got arrested. Maybe I'll even throw in, like, a dreadlock for the Dream 18. How did that sound? <laughs> Throw the raise for someone else's. <laughs> raise no, money mine. for charity. <laughs> I like it. Yeah. Raise money for charity. That's beautiful. That's a great idea. You better be different, unique. Yep. Um, all right, we're going to take another time out. When we come back, maybe a little balling and falling, hopefully Quincy Williams. But I can tell you this, Calais Campbell set to join us at 445 either way. So we'll keep you posted uh, as we track down Quincy. A lot to get to still here on a Wednesday. Action Sports Shacks on ESPN 690. Oh, plus Chuck and Shaq. Hey, right it again. I mean, we got to play. Oh, yeah. It's unbelievable. Flex of the day coming up. It's coming up. (laughs) Brent Martineau. You see him every day on CBS 47, Fox 30. Action Sports Jack. Austin Lane. He's a former Jack star and current MMA fighter. Broadcasting live from the Anajar and Levine studio. This is Action Sports Jacks on ESPN 690 and ESPN690.com. Murray State Week continues here on Action Sports Jacks on ESPN 690. Mitch Stewart joined us a couple days ago. Of course, Quincy Williams, coach at Murray State. And right now we are pleased to be joined by one of the draft picks in the 2019 class. Third round pick out of Murray State. Quincy Williams joined with Brent Martineau here and former Murray State racer, former Jacksonville Jaguar Austin Lane. So it's a Murray State reunion. What's up, Quincy? I love it. What's up? How you doing? Thanks for joining us and taking the time. Uh, has has the excitement uh, of the draft weekend worn off at all yet? No, not yet, not yet. But I had to get right back to work. I'm actually uh, working out right now. <laughs> all right. I appreciate what you calling did, in. What did you just do? What, how many reps? And what did you do? Uh, uh, I was just doing some field work right now. You know, 
conditioning and stuff like that. Got to be ready. Uh, you know, I always ask guys this. I think the draft process is very tiresome. I, I think for if I was an athlete, you come off your college football season, that's a long season, your senior year, junior year, whatever it might be, and then all of a sudden you got to start working out, getting ready for the combine, prep for that, prep for workouts and visits, a lot of flying around, those kind of things. Uh, and then mentally I think it can be exhausting too. How did you make it through that process and did you feel any of it? Do you, do you have to shake a little bit of that rust off now that you're, you're back to work? Yeah, for sure. Uh, I had I did combine training in January, and then right into it, I didn't get an invite to the combine, so I had to get right ready for pro day. And then after that, it was after pro day it was straight to visits. I ended up having eleven visits. So I was in the air a lot, got a lot of flight miles in. Yeah, that makes a lot of sense. Hey, uh, Austin Lane does the show with me. How often at Murray State do they do they reference the name Austin Lane, <laughs> former de- number Not ninety-seven too much anymore now. at Murray State? <laughs> Yeah, I think we got a. Oh, I think got a picture on him somewhere. The, the I haven't been there. Um, I'm in the uh, weight room, Quincy. Yes, I am in the weight room. I think Yo, it's still oh, up there. Okay, dude. <laughs> I knew I went crazy. <laughs> yeah. hey, hey, Quincy, you got to do me a favor, okay? Next time you're back at Murray State, and I don't know if you'll even be back there soon, you got to take your picture next to Austin's picture. I got you. Yeah, I got because you. my picture's probably going to be gone pretty soon because we went third <laughs> round. But anyways, so Quincy, man, what's up, dude? Uh, listen, we, we had Coach Stewart on a couple days ago, and, you know, obviously uh, I watched a couple Murray State games this past season, and the thing that stands out to me more than anything about you is the fact that you never stop moving your feet. You don't shy away from contact. You almost embrace it. Um, can you just kind of explain your mindset of what you bring to the linebacker position? Oh, um, biggest thing, like you said, my head courage. And my, um, my favorite player is uh, Cam Chancellor. Okay. I grew up watching Cam Chancellor, like, the Legion of Boom. Like, yo, I like to, I like to hear people say, like, like where he's coming from. Like, ooh, I like, yeah, I like this. I like when the crowd get up and uh, stand up and stuff like that. It's a lot of fun. We've seen your hit tape, and there are plenty of oohs and ahs. How does that translate to the NFL now with some of the rule changes, and, and even college football? But do you have to be more cautious, or do you just kind of play For sure. loose? It's a, like it's money now. I mean, I'm going to get fined and start this. So, you know, I just got to <laughs> not don't tile it down, but just watch the way I'm placing my head and stuff like that. But trust me, it's still going to be a lot of big hits now. <laughs> <laughs> Quincy, you, you had a new you had a new defensive coordinator, former linebackers coach, your senior year. Um, as far as like your scheme that you ran, I mean, when I was watching you play, man, you're kind of a little bit everywhere. You're playing safety, you're playing outside linebacker, rushing the passer, you're playing in the middle. I mean, where do you feel most comfortable playing? Obviously, the, the Jaguars probably have you outside linebacker, but where do you feel the most comfortable playing? I'm a utility guy, man. Whatever you tell me to play, I'm gonna play it to 100 percent of my ability, no matter what. But uh, the wheel linebacker uh, that Big safety type. I mean, I can play anything. My foot speed helps me out a lot. Of course, some contact courage. So I, I being close to the line, I don't want to shy away from it. it. But it does figure that you'll play at this level on the weak side and special teams to start most likely, right? Right. Okay. Um, how about special teams? How much of that is a mentality? And how much do you think you'll have to earn your way, your playing time, with how you do in that, in the preseason and, and the rookie mini camps and, and all of that? The special teams so important for a young player, especially a linebacker, it seems. Um, everyone already knows it's a pretty way to be on the field. Uh, so it's a want to, actually, though. Everybody has the ability to play special team. Now it comes down to do you want to do it? Do you want it bad enough? On kickoff is do you want to run down there, be the first person down the field and make the tackle? 
and kick off my favorite, man. All you do is run and hit people, and that's what I love to do. <laughs> <laughs> Quincy, obviously people found out about you. I mean, I knew about you already, but a lot of people found out about you through your brother, uh, who's actually your younger brother, Quinnen. And um, yeah. you know, this was a guy that went the first round New York Jets. You know, uh, he had a lot of notoriety in, in, in terms of going to Alabama and whatnot. I mean, did, and I'm sure you were happy for him because all the success that he had in college, but did that kind of give you a chip on your shoulder as well from the fact that that was your younger brother having so much success and you're at Murray State where no one really knew about you? Um, Man, we were very, very competitive. Um, we talk about it all the time that I still had, I had the ability to play the SEC school, but it really doesn't matter where you play that as long as you end up in the same position, man, that's the NFL. And in the NFL, everybody's good. Hey, it is what it is. <laughs> <laughs> Quincy Williams with us, newest Jaguars linebacker, picked with a 98th selection in the draft in the third round by the Jacksonville Jaguars. And let's go back to uh, Friday night a little bit, Quincy. And you even said, I think on the conference call, yeah, you were a little surprised you could have gone from third round to undrafted free agent. Um, how... Where else do you think you would have been picked if the Jaguars didn't take you? Do you think you would have gone in the fourth round? Do you think you would have slipped a little further away? Do you have a gut feeling on that? Um, I mean, it's a blessing that I got taken in the third round, but I was sure I wasn't going to – fourth round, beginning of the fourth round, yeah. I mean, I'm capable of my abilities. My, my take speed for itself. Yeah, and I think that's what happened, too. Uh, and I don't know how much you're paying attention to it, but everybody was like, wait a minute, who's this guy? Where's he come? Did they reach for this guy? Third round, and then all of a sudden, that hit tape started coming out. And then yeah, San Francisco, guy. Yeah, the San Francisco 49ers, uh, Kyle Shanahan said, uh, that guy got picked right where he should be picked. And there was some talk that Atlanta might want you. You just mentioned 11 visits. So from your point of view, there were a lot of teams that were going to be interested in Quincy Williams, right? Yeah, for sure. All right, Quincy. So, uh, you know, I have a little knowledge about you. I mean, I have some sources in Murray State. I'm going to get to that a little bit later. Uh -oh. but, but one of the uh -oh. things that, that hey, I know about you. I hope you paid your parking ticket. <laughs> but one of the things I know about you, man, is that uh, you, you're a pretty good swimmer. And this is probably the only chance I'm ever going to have to ask you or any football player this question. But do you think that there's a correlation between being a good swimmer and being a pretty solid middle linebacker or, or a safety or wherever you play? Yeah, swimming, I got my broad shoulders and long arms, and, you know, it helped me out a lot, uh, especially my foot speed, endurance, lean body. That's the biggest thing. I'm 230 right now, and I don't even look like it. And, and, so, and, and a little follow-up, do you think that you could actually work as a lifeguard in Jacksonville? Because let's be honest now, we're talking the ocean, Quincy. It's a little different than the, than those, those public pools at Murray State when you're working there as a lifeguard. Ocean, that's kind of different right there, man. I got a lot of body, uh, a lot of muscle mass now, man. I'm like, hey, this, I do want to ask you a serious question about the swimming. How good were you? Junior Olympic kind of good means pretty good. What And what did you yeah, swim to Yeah, I got my start? first gold medal tatted on my back. Wow. And what, and what events? What did you swim? The sprint medley and uh, freestyle and breaststroke. Did you think, it, was there a time then that you thought, hey, I, I I have a chance, I have a dream to make the Olympics in swimming? Yeah, it actually came down to my uh, junior year of high school. Uh, my mom had passed in 2010, and she wanted me to get a college degree. That was like her last wishes or whatever, that all her kids get a college degree. And uh, came down to my uh, 11th grade year, and it was either taking a trip to Australia during the summertime to swim, or staying at school, staying at school and actually playing football. You know, uh, summer practice and stuff start. So uh, I decided to stay play football and get, go on a football scholarship instead of uh, joining the Olympics. 
Wow, and it's worked out really well now in the NFL uh, with the Jacksonville Jaguars. I always make the case, my opinion, I swam uh, growing up. Uh, I swam in high school, but not at your level. I, I wasn't good enough to do that. But I think wrestling, like the training for wrestling, uh, not WWE, I'm talking about <laughs> on the mat kind of wrestling, and the training for swimming are the two hardest things. I think training for swimming is harder than football. But you're a guy that's done yeah. both and done it at a big level. What do you say? Is swimming harder to train for than football, or is football harder than for swimming? Sure. The, the water is a, it's a different. It's a difference, man. Just like uh, just like the same between weightlifting and doing band workout. I mean, the resistance in the water is crazy. You're not gonna move unless you move yourself. Like the water's not gonna move. It's not your friend. Yeah. <laughs> it's a full body workout. <laughs> and it's a lot of alone time, too. I mean, you've got to play. So what was your favorite song to play in your head while you swam? Uh, uh, actually, I uh, used to wear headphones. It's a water, the waterproof headphones, man. They were amazing. So I, I played whatever songs that was on my, uh, on my, on my MP3 player at the time. I, but, but, uh, my favorite, but when I did have my headphones, you ever heard of uh, Dory from Nemo that just keeps swimming, just keeps swimming? Yeah, oh yeah, <laughs> of course, man, yeah. Yeah. There. There's a little Dory coming at you. I respect it. Yeah. That's awesome. I respect it. That's great stuff. And by the way, I don't feel I don't think I'm old, but you just made me feel old. I don't think when I swam they had the waterproof headphones. <laughs> yeah, yeah, you should check them out, man. They got them now. It's a well, now, hey, man, now I don't even want to take my shirt off, so I don't swim anymore. <laughs> All right, Quincy, so take me back to the draft quick, because back in 2010, you know, I, I love how every NFL draftee says, like, they're just they're, they're honored to be on a team. So back in 2010, man, I was praying that I didn't go to the Cleveland Browns because they weren't good, didn't want to live in Cleveland. I was actually hoping I went to the Ravens because the Ravens had that defense back in the day. You know, they had the attitude. They, they, they had that they great. Still do. Uh, they still do. Yes, fair enough. So my question to you is, when your name got picked by the Jacksonville Jaguars, what was the first thing that came to your head about the team? First thing that came to my head was Florida. <laughs> okay. Yeah. yeah. Same thing with mine, too. <laughs> Well, you, and you got that right. How much did you know about this defense? Are you a big NFL fan? I mean, this is Saxonville. This is two thousand two years ago. Yeah, now. I'm a I'm a big NFL fan, but uh, yeah, I was a big NFL fan. Um, I took a visit there. It actually came out of nowhere. It was one of those visits where I was on the visit already. And it was like the last minute thing. Like, hey, we gotta get you in. We gotta get you in. So uh, yeah, so I really didn't have much time there. I think I got in like four o'clock in three o'clock in the morning. Had to leave like five that evening, so it was, it was, yeah. I mean, it's gonna be great though. Did, <laughs> did you did you know guys like Calais Campbell, Yannick Ngakwe, Jalen Ramsey, uh, AJ Boye, yeah, Miles Jack, Jalen Ramsey? Yeah, yeah <laughs> everybody knows him. Yeah, that's interesting. Yeah. Um, so, so how cool is there? Um, Will there be kind of this pinch me moment, kind of, hey, I'm in awe a little bit of this. I just watched you guys on TV the last couple of years, and now I'm playing next to you. Will there be any of that with you? Yeah, it's going to be a lot. I got Jalen Ramsey there, and I'm going to see if he can sign that damn fly. I'm sure he'll appease you. That, I bet he'll do that. I think uh, I think that won't be a problem. Uh, one nation, I know this is a bit personal. Uh, I think it was 2010, you mentioned it. Uh, your mom passed from breast cancer. How much did that make you grow up? Uh, not only that, but you obviously got a younger brother in Quinnen. Um, how much right. did that make you grow, mature, kind of make you the man and maybe even the player you are today? Yeah, I'm the older sibling out of, uh, it's four of us and all. I got another little brother and I got another little sister. And I got a little sister. So, I mean, I had to grow up and be strong for them. I couldn't uh, sit there, stand there crying and seeing me hurt. 
because, I mean, of course, they were crying also, so I had to be the strong person for my family. And now, currently, the spokesperson for my family, that's the biggest thing with me. So uh, it did hit me kind of hard, and, you know, I miss her and stuff like that, but I had to move on and then use what she instilled in me uh, over the years, and it turned out great. Got one brother in the NFL. I'm in the NFL also. Uh, got another brother in college, and my little sister's actually uh, going to college. I mean, graduated from high school this year and going to college next year on an academic scholarship. So, I mean, came out good, and all of us still athletes. Uh, that's pretty awesome. Uh, and I, I can only imagine how much do you think now how, how proud mom would have been. Yeah, she got the best seat in the house, though. She watching us from above, everybody. That's awesome, man. So, listen, before we let you go here, we got a couple more minutes with you. Obviously, I've done my due diligence on you, man, being a former Murray State alum myself. I, I might have asked around a little bit, try to gather some facts. And truth be told, man, I couldn't find any dirt about you. Like, for instance, your teammate Jake Ryan found out a bunch of dirt about Jake Ryan. And uh, he's no longer <laughs> welcome on this show, to tell you the truth. You can go, you can go ahead and ask him about it later. That's got nothing to do with this conversation right now. But what I want to ask you, uh, uh, Quincy, is that actually re I reached out to Matt Kelly. You remember Matt Kelly, right? Yeah, I remember Matt Kelly. So uh, I reached out to him. I talked to your coach about this, too. And they both said the same thing, that you give great advice. Like, players always came up to you and would ask you for your advice, whether it's shoes, whether it's style, anything really in general. Would, would you agree with that assessment? Yeah, I'm a um, very honest person. That's my biggest thing. I'm dependable. So don't ask me unless you really want to answer. So if you right. do this look good, so, if it don't look good, <laughs> I'm going to let you know. All right. Well, so here we go, man. So since you're so good at giving advice, I'm going to take you through a couple scenarios right now, basically. And I want you to give your honest opinion about them, okay? All right, man. All right. Okay. So, <laughs> Quincy, I'm in the middle of a lake three miles offshore. I'm an okay swimmer. How do I get to shore, and what strokes should I use to best conserve energy? This one is going to be breaststroke. The breaststroke, okay. Nice, smooth. You don't have to use as much uh, muscle. Okay. Uh, I'm going blind in two months. How should I spend my time with my sight? Watch all the movies and, uh, let's see, what else? I'll go to your favorite places. Okay. I'm six six and have long arms. What should be my go-to stroke in swimming? Freestyle. Okay. Or freestyle depends on if you had wide shoulders, then butterfly would be your stroke. Okay. Jurassic Park is real. Should I visit it? <laughs> the what? I said Jurassic Park is real. Should I visit? For sure. <laughs> <laughs> All right. I'm a football well, player. you leave early, though. <laughs> <laughs> I like it, man. All right. I got a few more for you. I'm a football player, and I can only do one lifting exercise a day. What exercise should I do? Power cleans or full body. Okay. I'm a freshman, and I'm going to a small school. How do I get known to make it to the NFL? Ball out. Okay. No, no matter what, and that was my biggest thing, too, man. No matter what, ball out, and be honest to yourself. Okay. Uh, a couple more for you. I want to go to the best breakfast spot in Murray, Kentucky. Where am I going? Murray, Kentucky. This is a little family-owned thing called Sammy's. Uh, uh, yes, like, yes. Like Sammy's Bakery, man. Yes. Uh, yo. That's what I'm talking about, man. Yes, exactly. And you know what? Hey, the people hey, in Sammy's, man. That's what I'm saying. <laughs> the people in Murray, Kentucky at Sammy's Bakery just went nuts oh, for y'all. Murray's best kept <laughs> yeah. secret is Sammy's Bakery, man. I'm telling you. And they actually have good burgers there, too, as well. Good call on yeah. that. Uh, two more for you. Um, I'm, I'm trying to find a song to get me pumped up before the game. 
Okay, and the final question. I'm looking to draft Quincy Williams out of Murray State with the 98th overall pick in the third round. Should I do it? 100%. All right, man. I love it. <laughs> hey, man, we appreciate it. Uh, tell us one note about your brother, Quinton Williams. A lot of people think he's the best player in the draft. I would assume you agree. How good will he be uh, in the NFL? He's going to be good as he wants to be. That's the biggest thing. The only thing that can stop us is us ourselves. All right, man. I love it. Hey, uh, great talking to you. Thanks for catching up. Thanks for uh, interrupting the workout. Now get back to work, and we'll see you in Jacksonville for rookie minicamp next week. Got you. Thanks, man. Appreciate Quincy, it, Quincy Williams. Go Racers, man. All right. All right. <laughs> Shoes up. <laughs> there we go. Quincy Williams uh, from Murray State and the third-round pick of the Jacksonville Jaguars. Having some fun with him. We appreciate him stopping by. Coming up next, the mayor of Saxonville, Calais Campbell. He calls in to Action Sports Jacks on ESPN 690. It's a lot of fun here on a Wednesday on ESPN 690. Mike Ola from Gola Gawingo. You're listening to Action Sports Jack with our friend Brent Martineau on ESPN 690. All right, can you bowl, Austin Lane? You any good at bowling? Uh, I'm, not, I'm not the best. No? Why do you ask? Well, because we might go a little bowling. Second annual bowling classic hosted by our next guest, oh, Calais Campbell, the mayor of Saxonville. Welcome into the show, man. How you doing? <laughs> I'm living a dream. Take the plane at all. Uh, absolutely. Hope you're. Uh, today's kind of like an off day for you guys, right? Yeah, yeah. Today is definitely uh, you know, just a complete day off. Get to relax, hang with the family. Awesome. Good stuff. Uh, Brent Marno, Austin Lane here. Former Jaguar Austin Lane. Former defensive end. By the way, Calais, I think Austin would like to play on this defensive front if you got a spot for him. Oh, yeah. <laughs> I don't think anybody would. <laughs> I know you are a uh, student of the game, but also a fan of the game, and you sounded pretty excited when the Jaguars drafted Josh Allen seventh overall. What did you, What do you like about his game? What do you know about it? Yeah, you know, for some reason, I don't know why. Just uh, this like a hobby of mine to like kind of watch the, the guys who I talked about as being first round picks uh, for as far as D-line go. I don't know about some other positions, but mostly D-line. And uh, I really liked his thing when I saw him take. So when we when we got such a draft, I was like, wow, you know, he really kind of sells that role in the draft day, um, follow head for us, and uh, you know, he really has potential to be you know, very special. You know, I mean, he just, you know, he can jump and he can, uh, you know, real good hip movement, uh, ridiculous athlete, but he's just a natural playmaker. You know, and I love that about him. And, Calais, from, from a pass rusher perspective, because let's be honest here, teams are always keen in on you. I mean, they're double-teaming you nonstop. What does it mean to have another weapon on the pass rush, and how easier does that make your job to do to get after the quarterback now? Yeah, I mean, uh, as the season progresses, you know, you have to pitch a poison, you know, because, uh, you know, Unique is going to get his, he's going to ball, you know, uh, and then uh, myself, you know, I'm going to try to make sure that I'm affecting the quarterback, pushing pockets and making stuff happen. And, then, you know, you have Marcel. And we really have a couple of other guys who are young and up and coming and doing well. Like, I think DeWall Spokes could have a, a solid year as well. But then you bring in Josh Allen, and they are all weight. It's a poison. You know, you can't stop us all. So a lot of max protections, and uh, hopefully we'll be able to get a lot of uh, turnovers. Yeah, and you don't have a bad secondary back there either way. <laughs> that that <laughs> helps as well. Yeah. That certainly helps. Uh, uh, one more on that front before we get to the bowling. Uh, the... You, I think Pro Football Focus had you as the best defensive end last year against the run. 
And I, I guess people are, you know, wishy-washy on pro football focus, sometimes good, sometimes not so good. Bottom line is you were very good against the run. How much We talk about sacks all the time. We talk about Mayor of Saxonville and this defense, and I know that's the big play, and that's what you want. You get the home run swing out of it. But how much do you value uh, your job against the run and the job you've been able to do, even though it does probably fly under the radar? Yeah, you know, uh, I've always took part of the type of run. That's been the thing, uh, like, young and, and, uh, and, and uh, really, I was in college, and I remember, like, you know, there was an article that came out that said that, uh, you know, I'm a great pass rusher, but, you know, liability gets to run. And, and I don't know where that came from, because in my mind, you know, like, I'm, I'm a, you know, run stopper. You know, that's, I mean, I, I do it all. I'm an all-around great great player. That's what I try to be, you know, uh, equally good in all facets of the game. And so I kind of take that to heart. But, I mean, I always made sure that, you know, that uh, it starts with stopping the run before you can rush the passer. You can't rush the passer unless you shut down, uh, you know, the, the running game. So, uh, you know, that's number one. And then passers should come secondary. Yeah, absolutely. Clay is Campbell, mayor of Saxonville, with us. And he's got a big event coming up in just a couple of weeks. Tuesday, May 14th at Main Event. 7 o'clock until 10 o'clock. We were there last year. It was a lot of fun. Eat, bowl, and play. Second annual bowling classic. Give us a little insight of how you started this thing. You've done so many things in the community already, Calais. But why bowling? Why this event um, for uh, your foundation, the CRC Foundation, Charles Richard Campbell, of course, named after your dad? Yeah, so first off, I mean, bowling is always fun. You know, it's a good way to, like, kind of, you know, just bring awareness to some issues and uh, raise some funds so we can partner with some quality people in the community to do good things in the community. So, uh, you know, I decided to do a, a bowling event last year, and it was, a, you know, pretty good success. And figured that we'd keep it going uh, and just try to make sure that, you know, we have a good time while giving back and trying to raise funds so we can do more in the community. Uh, I have some real big plans. You know, I've already done just some good stuff in the community. So uh, just, just really trying to figure out, uh, you know, uh, how we can affect this community the best way possible, but really teaming up with people who really care about it. And so uh, that's why you have these uh, events where you can bring out people in the community who want to be a part of the team, you know, and want to uh, uh, be able to uh, add value and uh, be able to affect the community in a positive way. And the CRC Foundation really is just, uh, it's, it's about uh, just establishing uh, hope in the, in the youth and giving the, de- the necessary tools for to empower our youth so they can be successful in the long run. Yeah, and you've done a fantastic job of it. I mean, it's really cool to watch. Obviously, your your performance on the field's been amazing. Uh, the couple years ago, what this team did was fantastic. But I think we see it every week on Jaguars All Access uh, out of Mellow Mushroom during the TV show, and you see it, and a lot of other people feel it too. What you bring to the community, I, I got a feeling you. I know you did it in Arizona. I got a feeling if you went anywhere uh, when you signed as a free agent, you would have done it as well. But is there something that connects you with this community, Duval County, even Jacksonville, that it feels a little extra special? Because I got a feeling this also is staying power. This isn't whenever your career ends, you'll see you later. This sounds like you're building stuff that might last a little while. Yeah, that's the goal. You know, I mean, there's something about this community, you know, that is just special. You know, it's the people who are so passionate, you know, and, and you know, care about each other. I mean, there's... I've never been anywhere where I've seen so much pride in, in like, in just a commitment in the county. I mean, you hear the words dual and no matter where you're at, you know, somebody's always going to say it back. The pride in the community is, is infectious, you know, and so I just, I love being around it. And, uh, you know, I see so many people who care about each other, you know, and so I just want to, you know, make sure that I do my part in trying to, 
you know, uh, be the best I can for this community. But this really is a special place. Yeah, and you've done a great job of it uh, so far. By the way, more information at crcfoundation.org about the Bowling Classic. That's the CRC Foundation. Dot org. Uh, if you want to write this number down, I'll share this on, also on the social platforms, but 925-330-4009 if you want to ask a, a more about the event uh, coming up. But, but are you a good bowler? Uh, or is there pressure on you to bowl well? <laughs> I've had some good days, but we went with the team uh, a couple weeks ago, and I had a bad day. I rolled an 84, which is like the worst of the world because I've been like an adult. Hey, man, that's too uh, many gun balls. I've had some days I rolled above 184 you know, kind of consistently, so... Yes, it's just been a while, but I'm, I'm sick after rust. I'll be ready by the time that they happen. Class, I got to ask you real quick, man. I saw you at the Guns and Hoses event. Any chance uh, in the future that you either step in a ring or in a cage? Because if you do, tell me so I can retire. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, no, nah, I, I don't think I'll be stepping in the ring to fight at any time soon. Okay. But uh, that event was incredible. Just, you know, seeing, you know, uh, I mean, those people step in that ring and show that courage, you know, to raise money for a good cause. And to do it, you know, uh, we're having a lot of fun for, for us watching, and I was a lot of fun. Yeah, I know you get a ton of requests, so you're still doing a lot of different things. I and mean, there's a lot of things uh, to do, but you, you're doing a bunch of them. Second annual bowling classic, uh, Calais Campbell will host it May 14th. That's coming up just a couple of weeks, 7 to 10 at main event. We were out there last year, a lot of fun. We'll be out there this year uh, once again to, to help you out with a big event and, and anything we can do to promote it. Uh, you've been such a key player in the community. Uh, back to a football question or two. How much of a chip do you guys have coming off last year? Uh, I know that, that guy on the other side, Yannick and Gakwe always plays with a chip, but I feel like I could probably name a dozen players offensively and defensively that might bring the chip to the table uh, this year in the offseason, then, of course, when things really get rolling in the fall. Yeah, we want to have a nasty attitude. You know, I mean, the goal is to intimidate our opponents, you know, have, you know make them cheerful of coming down to Duval and playing against us, you know, and, uh, you know, especially on defense, you know, just seeing the look in the guy's eyes as we train and just seeing the way they're working. You know, I have a good feeling this year is going to be special, you know, and, and I think, uh, you know, we can learn from our, our history, you know, and we have, you know, uh, put the blinders on and stay focused in the moment. And the one thing we can do right now, you know, is just this moment right now, what, what can we do to get better, you know, uh, each and every day? And you see guys coming to work every day, you're just trying to, you know, find a way. You know, I really, I'm really excited to see what falls back to the table, you know, because uh, you could just see his confidence in, you know, older player. You know, uh, you know, he's 30 years old, going to 57 or 8. You know, he's been around for a long time, and you can just see his confidence, which is contagious. And Wells is more confident because of that. So it's going to be fun year. I was going to say, yeah, the Nick Foles stuff. I mean, we saw him at the introduction. We haven't really spent a lot of time about around him. You obviously, I think we're pretty excited that they got him. But uh, the first impression of him, is, is that, was there something that stood out? Like, well, okay, <laughs> I get it. I get what everybody's <laughs> talking about. I mean, just just the way uh, when you break down, you know, uh, and after you know, working out, we all break it down together, and just you know, just the confidence he breaks it down with, you know, you can't help but to get excited, you know. I mean, he just brings so much energy, positive energy. You know, he's just an authentic, real guy who I uh, love the game of football, you know, and that's what I mean, that's, that's what I, the same way I try to be, you know, is just you know, give my all to the game, do it, do it the best way I can, and uh, and have fun along the way, you know. And I see that in him, and I think that uh, you know, that's contagious. It's spread across the whole team. And if we come, you know, with the mentality of just, you know, having fun, but try to take advantage of every opportunity we get, you know, we're going to be tough to beat. 
Two more questions with Calais Campbell, the mayor of Saxonville, Jacksonville Jaguars defensive end, uh, all pro, pro bowler. Uh, you're the spokesman, too. You're kind of like the team's spokesperson. Um, I think you've been on record before. You guys don't feel like it's a big deal. Ramsey, Telvin Smith are not here at this time. You know it's voluntary. It, from a player's perspective, uh, do you have a view on it? Does it does it bother anybody, or is it like we'll see you when it matters? Yeah, no. I mean, to me, you know, uh, it's, it's voluntary, and so you know the people are here. You know, we're just, we just we we try to build our our, our, our our camaraderie, build that relationship, and uh, kind of get to know each other, and uh, put the work in and get better. You know, uh, but at the same time, I know that. Uh, Jalen is working really hard. No, Kevin's working really hard. You know, those are two guys who have ridiculous work ethics who are going to come back in really good shape and ready to go. And, you know, they know the system. They know what we're doing. And uh, they're very smart guys to pick up things fast anyway. So even the small changes we're making, they're going to pick it up pretty fast anyway. So, you know, I don't think it's going to hold us back at all. You know, I, mean, I know they're, you know, with their families and, and grinding hard. And uh, when they come back, they'll come back ready to go. And so that's all that matters to me is that when we step up and we strap it up, and we're out here uh, when it matters, you know, uh, the guys are prepared and ready, you know, and when you're here, you know, you can see guys prepared and get ready, and that's nice to have that that confidence because you see it, but uh, I have confidence that Jalen and Tuffin are going to be, you know, prepared and ready without a doubt. I know to each his own, but I always raise the question, I'm a little surprised more don't skip. Are you? <laughs> well, I mean, I've always showed up just because, you know, for me, like, I, I like being here. You know, using the facilities because they're free, and it's, it's also that you know, <laughs> free like lunch routine. <laughs> <laughs> you know, but but the routine you get like psychologically, you know, being here is the same facilities that we're going to use during the season. So like when I'm preparing and training, you know, I kind of visualize myself in, in, that, in that in that world. So you know, uh, I think uh, you know, I'm, I'm not sure why more guys don't miss, but to me, you know, I like to be here just to visualize it. You know, last one. How much of a cheerleader are you for Yannick Ngakwe getting paid? Oh, man, big. You know, uh, I mean, those guys don't grow on trees. It's hard to find a guy who plays the game the way he plays it, who loves the game the way he loves it, and has the ability to take over games like he does, you know. And so, you know, you have to, you know, I mean, it's just, you know, it's the cost of doing business. You know, guys like him are expensive, you know, but uh, he, he deserves every dollar he's going to get. And I'm going to be the biggest cheerleader along the way, you know, even after he gets paid of, you know, just, uh, you know, trying to help them, you know, uh, learn the process of, you know, the responsibility that comes with that. Uh, but I have no doubt in my mind that, you know, that guy who's going to, you know, make a whole bunch of money and then uh, continue to elevate his game after he does, you know. The biggest warrior for teams is when guys get paid and shut it down, you know, but they used to be like Aaron Donald gets paid and then has the best year of his career. You know, I feel like a uh, unique guy wasn't be the same way. There have been few players in the history of free agency that have earned their money like Calais Campbell has. He's been awesome in Jacksonville going on year three here in Jacksonville, 25 sacks, all pro, pro bowler. And so why don't you go help Calais earn money for the community? Second annual bowling classic coming up May 14th at main event, 7 o'clock until 10 o'clock. All different ways to get involved, and we'll pass that along on the social media platforms as well. But uh, Calais, good luck with the event, the CRC foundation.org is the way to get more information we'll see you out there in a couple of weeks man yeah, looking forward to it man. thanks for having me all right thanks for joining us calais campbell mayor of saxonville always good and uh we'll have a fun night out there on may 14th at the main event uh do a little bowling let's get it
He can't beat Calais Campbell in much. He's too big. But you might be I able to get him, him in bowling. I could beat 84, I think. Maybe. We'll see. A lot of gutter balls that day, I guess. Yeah, rough. More information, we'll uh, tweet that out so you can be a part of it. Uh, different ways to get involved uh, coming up on May 14th. Thanks to Calais stopping by. Thanks to Quincy Williams stopping by. And, well, now we're really up against it, so we got to take a break. ESPN 690 rolls on right after this. Brent Martineau. You see him every day on CBS 47, Fox 30, Action Sports Jack. Austin Lane. He's a former Jack star and current MMA fighter. Broadcasting live from the Anna Jarrett Levine Studio. This is Action Sports Jacks on ESPN 690 and ESPN 690.com. Ah, that was fun with Quincy Williams, the third round pick out of Maury State, and then Calais Campbell. From the Jacksonville Jaguars joining us again. Uh, check out uh, the Bowling Classic coming up on May 14th. Uh, be a part of that in a variety of ways. Uh, the crcfoundation.org for more information on the bowling event. Again, we'll share it on some of the social media platforms as well and continue to uh, lead up to that event. We will be out there, by the way, on uh, Tuesday, May 14th at the main event. Brent Martin to Austin Lane. Scott doing a great job in for Coos. Coos will return tomorrow. I don't know if that's a good thing or a bad thing, quite frankly. That's a good thing. Yeah, probably. Yeah. Yeah, I guess. It I gets your A-team back together again. Just keep your cell phone on, Scott. That's all I'm going to say, man. All right? It's all down the hall, man. I'm not hard to hey, find. By the way, Scott, like, if we do a thing on pop culture and I need to phone a friend, I'll be calling you. Oh, my God. <laughs> Uh, no doubt about it. Yeah. Hey, uh, 5 o'clock on a beautiful day in Jacksonville on a Wednesday. Dave Matthews Band concert tonight. A little Vita de Louis is going he to hang the, on. In the morning. <laughs> the, uh, that bar at the arena. But I think they're having a little pre-show party right now up until like 7 o'clock or 7.15. So a lot of stuff going on with Vita de Louis. And, of course, that means it's happy hour horn time, too. Grab a drink, get a shot, and tip your star tenders. If you're going to see Dave Matthews, probably grab a polo shirt and some boat shoes because that fits the category. Wow, I'm talking. I'm, you're a little. Uh, What's up, man? Uh, What's up? Stereotyping. Yeah, a little bit, huh? What's wrong with that? Is that allowed? With what? Man, what you got against frat boys? I did. I say you said frat. That's now no, you. Now said you're stereotyping. Now you're no, stereotyping. You I just that was said polo shirts said. and hey, I said polo shirts and, and boat shoes. Doesn't mean the frat boys, Brent. You took it there. Shame on you, Brent. You're better than that. T-shirts and vans. What does that mean? Casual, man. <laughs> Real casual. <laughs> what kind of band would I associate that with? Ah, uh, pick your poison, man. Pretty much anything you want. Real casual, like I'm just saying. <laughs> Not Dave Matthews. I'm saying obviously. polo shirts and and boat shoes doesn't mean they're frat boys, Brent. You I'll said that. I tell you that. what, in four months of doing this, that was one of the shockers for me. Is that you're not. You don't listen to Dave Matthews Band. Like, I thought that would be on your list. I don't say I don't. I mean, I, I know him. I just, yeah, he's not my top. No, I mean, all right. Yeah, I'm just saying sorry. it's not. Sorry, I, man. But I was surprised. Yeah. H- have you seen him in a, he was in a movie with Adam Sandler. I can't remember the, Scott, you had help me out here. <laughs> don't um, look at me. <laughs> with uh, Brooklyn Decker, I think, was in it, too. Just go with it. 
I care, whatever it was, but Dave Matthews was in that movie, and uh, I'm not sure if you've seen it, Brent, but he plays, like, the biggest a-hole ever. Like, he plays, like, a real, just, like, giant a-hole. So it's funny, like, you know, a guy who's, like, super humble and a talented musician playing that kind of character is uh, pretty funny. That's good stuff. Yeah. Uh, by the way, Vita De Luis, of course, make your own recipes with Vita De Luis tequila, one of the smoothest tequilas you will ever taste. Locations, recipes, merchandise, visit com. Uh, for more information and where you can find the smoothest Blanco around. What you got on the whiteboard? I haven't even checked in. <laughs> you picked the wrong time to ask that question. Is this about me? No. So I said the over-under of polo shirts and boat shoes at St. Matthew's Band, 10,000. 10,000 tonight. I'm going to uh, count. Okay, please do. Least, yeah, no, no, estimate. count them up. Count them up. I can't wait. I, I'm, I'm just stopping in. I'm not go. I have to work, so I have to go in between. And so I kind of wondered, will the cloud of smoke... At a Dave Matthews Band uh, concert, ambiance. The word you were looking for was ambiance. Yeah, well, the ambiance allowed me to go back on TV tonight Brent's at 10 and 11. Ready. Brent's going to get drug tested next week. And he's going to fail it. <laughs> no, I mean, I think I've never been be to right. a Dave Matthews Band concert, but that the ambiance plays a factor, allegedly. Scott, what do you think, man? Is he in trouble? Nah, you'll be fine, man. Yeah, no, I, I'd be more concerned of like the guys like shotgunning beers and doing beer bongs and stuff like that. Frat boy kind of stuff. Hey, Brent, you said it, not me, man. Jeez, Brent. With the stereotyping, <laughs> I just said there might be some beer bongs or some shotguns, and I say shotguns with the, the, the beer thing, um, at Dave Matthews Band. Just saying that. Didn't say it's frat boy related. How about falling and falling? All right. Set aside for my Dave Matthews impression. <laughs> um, I just got a text. <laughs> I had to go change out of my polo shirt and shoes. <laughs> <laughs> Get those Sperry's out of here. Come on, it ain't summertime yet, folks. Don't be called out by Austin Lane. Oh, no. I mean, the guy, hey. wears, the guy wears 12-year-old vans. Like he's by got holes way, in his shoes. We might have to have a, have a funeral because these shoes are ready to fall apart. And by apart. the way, he's got Larry Bird socks I on do. from like 1986 that, I do. that actually say vans. So do you want to see something sad, too? So like the insole part, it disintegrated. Like, you know, like the part where it's like cloth, that disintegrated. It's gone. Don't get new shoes. Nah, man, we're all good, right? We're all good. We've still got a couple more miles left in those bad boys. If Forrest Gum can run across the country in a pair of shoes, I can keep wearing these bands. Uh, anyways, getting back to my ball and besides my Dave Matthews impression, I mean, people were calling and saying, is Dave actually in the studio right now? So, balling, got to <laughs> go with... Let me get to it quick. Sorry, Brent. Uh, you, do you want to go first? <laughs> no, no, I got it, I got it, I got it. Balling. It took me a little bit, but this guy's been playing a long time. Vince Carter coming back for year number 22. 22 seasons coming back for another one. Uh, listen, I was 10 years old when he got drafted by the Toronto Raptors. I used to do his dunks like him in middle school. Um, I wanted the, the Nike basketball shocks that he had. Do you, you, you remember like the, the shocks? Yeah, I do. Remember that whole trend? Yeah. And I thought it was a real thing. I thought it was like it actually made you jump higher. But... I, I didn't understand that. So that was him. Yeah. Well, he was like the he was the face of that. Yeah. So those were the things on the back. Yeah. The heel. So, yeah. I, I I used them. Must must have been nice, man, because no, 125 bucks. Somebody else bought them. Okay. But I used them. Okay. I remember using them. Really? Yeah. And it was like, uh, was it on the the toe or was it no, the heel? No, it was on the heel. It was so on the like, heel. 
I distinctly remember the commercial that when it first came out and it was Vince Carter and like it was making like the boing sound. So like he's running boing, boing, boing. And then all of a sudden, you know, reverse 360 through the legs dunk. I'm like, oh, I got to get those for middle school. And then, uh, yeah, 125 bucks. And mom was like, probably not. And then I think that's probably cheap today. right? But, but I remember like throwing a fit like, but they're literally going to make me jump higher. Like you're doing me a disservice, mom, by not getting me these Nike shocks right now. Well, come to find out. You know, the the springs were in the heel. You don't jump off your heel. but So it was a pretty smart marketing ploy by Nike. But nevertheless, shout out to Vince Carter, man. Doing it again, coming back. That's amazing. Like, I, again, kind of like along the lines of the coaches, I say, I mean, how long can you play? Yeah. Like what? But Dude, I, you know 22 what? years, Brent. I mean, At the same time, though, it's something like if, if I, let, let's say I wanted to take a break from radio or TV. I could come back in 10 years and try to do it again. Mm -hmm. I mean, maybe if anybody would hire me, I'm just saying I could, (laughs) like in theory. Guy that plays professional sports, man, once you're out, you're out, you know, usually. Uh, It's Mm -hmm. hard to go back into it years later, and especially at that age, he would be done. So you just hang out as long as you can. If you're still a valuable commodity to a degree, obviously the minutes are down a lot less, the production's down a lot less, but still got the ability of it. You know, people don't talk about, Vince Carter a lot anymore, but the longevity on him is sick. Yeah. I mean, it's crazy. Well, yeah. when we talk about longevity in sports, we talk about Tom Brady, mm-hmm. right? That's yep. kind of the guy right now. Yeah. Um, we even, I think, uh, uh, Bartolo Colon last yeah. year. Uh, you know, so I and think it's it's pretty wild that he has lasted this long because I feel like if you polled again my my official poll at the grocery <laughs> store of ten people, yeah, most people would say he's already retired. No, for if sure. They'd ever I, I they'd be like, that. oh, yeah, he retired like five years ago, didn't he? No, no, for <laughs> sure. But, I mean, it just – and don't get it twisted. Like, yeah, he's played for 20-something years, but you got to remember just how dominant he was when he first came out. I mean, I remember the slam dunk competition. But, like, that was the first time I ever saw a guy put the ball between his legs. Yeah. You know, like, as a kid, like, that was unheard of. And then the time he jumped over, like, that guy from, like, the USA national team he was playing, I forgot what country the guy was from, but jumped over, like, a seven-footer. Like, it was nothing. Yeah. So, like, I mean, for, from a standpoint, Vince Carter was the dude for a while. Uh, my ballin is CC Sabathia, and it's not very many times that I will give a Yankee ballin on the show. That's that's but interesting. Three thousand strikeouts in his career, um, and I think it was he's the only the third African American pitcher to do it to reach that mark. Huh? Which would be pretty good trivia question. <laughs> and I was looking up the answer. Three thousand strikeouts. Yeah. Uh, is Dontre Willis? Probably not, huh? <laughs> no, 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 no. I was way off. Okay. Um, I'm just I think Satchel Page. I think of black pictures. <laughs> yeah. Okay. Uh, wait a minute. Uh, Bob Gibson. Uh huh. And I think, I think it's uh, it's not Satchel Page. Ferguson Jenkins becomes the third black pitcher joining Ferguson Jenkins and Bob Gibson to accomplish the feat. Fair enough. A little trivia question. So bring that one, by the way, to the water cooler tomorrow. Mm-hmm. CC Sabathia becomes the third black pitcher to strike out 3,000 in his career? And the answer is Sabathia, Ferguson Jenkins, Bob Gibson. See, I, Sabathia, I, I, it's funny. I don't. I shouldn't like Sabathia because Cleveland and Red Sox went back and forth when he was there. Yankees, mm-hmm. Red Sox. Milwaukee, oh, yeah, Milwaukee was with too a little bit. Did he go stop in Milwaukee? He stopped in Milwaukee and put the team on his back and took us to the playoffs. I, I, I remember us, that. He took You're them right. to the playoffs. And, yeah. and by the way, isn't it fun watching that kind of body type pitcher pitch? Like, that's Dude, what Bartolo Colon became a character. 
Yeah, listen, like I, I can't remember exactly what his stats were with Milwaukee, but they brought him in towards the the end of the season because they needed a couple wins to get to the playoffs, and like he literally pitched like every third day and dominated every single time out. Like I gained a lot of respect for CC Sabathia that day. All right, that series. Hey, we gotta take a timeout. When we come back, we'll do Fallen Quick, mm-hmm. and we also have Will Salmon from the Athletic. We go to Gainesville. What's up with the Jalen Jones situation? What does it mean? And what about? Maybe the next big recruit coming to the Florida Gators. We'll talk all about it. A little college football chatter next here on Action Sports Jacks on ESPN 690. Now, back to Action Sports Jacks on ESPN 690 and in the iHeartRadio app. Oh, a lot to get to here on a Wednesday edition of Action Sports Jacks on ESPN 690. Will Salmon's going to join us in just a moment. Let's finish up with Fallen. What you got on your Fallen and Fallen, the Fallen side of things? Fallen, the UFC and Brock Lesnar. Brock Lesnar is retiring now. Thank God the UFC made former heavyweight champion Stipe Miocic wait a whole year to rematch Daniel Cormier, so he had to wait for Brock Lesnar. Thank God Brock Lesnar hopped in the cage at UFC 226 to cut a promo saying that Stipe Miocic, Francis Ngannou, and DC were all pieces of you-know-what. Thank God for all the publicity this thing got where it's supposed to be DC and Brock Lesnar. Thank God for everything because it's not happening now. Kudos, Brock Lesnar. There you go. You sound really enthused there. Right? Well, we waited a whole year. Brock Lesnar's coming back. Brock Lesnar, D.C. Over-promise, yeah. under-deliver. Yeah. That's not the way to do it, people. Well, under-promise and over-deliver, like we do every day. That's what happens. You got a lot of drug testing in the UFC. Sometimes you get a little <laughs> nervous and uh, want to call it a career. <laughs> See? Uh, I said it. Well, listen. Check. Little vitamin Vince there. Hey, yeah, check, little vitamin Vince. <laughs> check the boxes today because we got WWE, UFC, Daniel, and Daniel Day-Lewis in yeah. on the show. Yeah, a little bit so, of everything. Some full all show. things, all people, we have no fear. By the way, Fallen for me, This is go. I, I'm fascinated with the whole federal prosecution case against some of the NCAA basketball guys. Yeah. And... Uh, former Arizona assistant Emmanuel Book Richardson told uh, Christian Dawkins, and this was in court today, uh, that Sean Miller was paying Star Center DeAndre Ayton $10,000 per month while he was enrolled at the school. So that's the, the nugget Jeez. of the day in terms of that. And that that story is so far from over. Not going to get into it right now, but it's definitely something we'll talk more about as these kind of things continue to be shown and come out during these court hearings and proceedings. It, this could be a major deal in college basketball and uh, surely now a really big deal for Sean Miller. Uh, speaking of a big deal, how about college football and the Florida Gators in Gainesville, pretty big deal over the last 24 hours that Jalen Jones is headed to the transfer portal. We bring in the athletics' Will Salmon right now, who always joins us talking some Gator stuff. And, Will, uh, good to have you on, man. Thanks for your patience for a couple minutes. But uh, how about this news with Jalen Jones? Was it a bit of a stunner in Gainesville? Hey, guys, thanks for having me on. You know, as a, as a Brock Lesnar fan, I didn't mind the, the Brock Lesnar chatter for a few minutes. But, uh, but no. <laughs> Um, no, you know, it was, look, you know, Jalen Jones was a guy who was committed to Dan Mullen at Mississippi State. Then he decommitted from Mississippi State when Mullen left Starkville. Then he committed to UF after Dan Mullen uh, became the head coach for the Gators. So that, at least to me, doesn't sound like a kid who didn't know what he was signing up for. I don't think he had any sort of illusions of grandeur of suddenly stepping in and winning the QB battle or the job away from Franks. I don't think this was some sort of like a depth chart reaction. It's not a case where, you know, you get some guy who, uh, some old guy who gets on his lawn and 
talks about entitlement and you know the transfer portal being bad for football or anything like that. Um, all that context would sort of like leave prudent persons to to believe it was sort of like an off the field type of thing. Um, so like, I guess until we have more to report with facts and interviews with people like head coach Dan Mullen, that's probably where it should be at at this point. So kind of yeah, uh, just because I don't think it has something to do with the depth chart in any way. Yeah, I agree with you, too. I think we, we talked about it earlier in the show, and I think details are going to be sketchy. I, I'm not sure Florida will come out and tell us much. Uh, I'm not sure Jalen Jones will come out and say, say so much, but speculation will be there. Sooner or later, things will trickle out about what happened, but I think it is fair to speculate that it might be something else because a lot of it just doesn't add up. Bigger picture here, though, will... Is this a cautionary tale potentially, depending on what this is, but a cautionary tale with early enrollees and the maturity level of guys being on campus and and trying to get this head start and this jump, um, or is this maybe just a one-off type of thing potentially? Well, I think that it's a good point. I think that's something that's interesting to sort of raise. It's it's an interesting issue to raise, but would I guess like to play like devil's advocate would an additional four months of somebody's maturity level make a difference because we're talking about January versus say June of the same year you know we're not exactly talking about um, you know a two-year thing or something like that so um, I think it's an interesting point to raise but because we don't see that much of it I'm not trying to diminish anything that uh, could happen but um, I think because it you know, we don't see that many examples of it, I guess, where it's like something that I think you could really uh, pinpoint. I do think it underscores the idea of needing to take a quarterback every cycle if you're a program like Florida or really any college program. I think that really underscores the point of the value of taking a quarterback every single cycle, even if your quarterback room appears to be sort of deep or comparatively speaking deep, but because you know, in an instant, it could change. And because of how important the quarterback position is, you always need to sort of be preparing for, hey, this is how it looks today, but we're an injury away or somebody's decision, one person's decision away from being in a very vulnerable position. So I think that kind of underscores that point. Yeah. The situation Hello. at least underscores the point of the, the value of taking another QB or at least one every cycle. Hello, Florida State. A little bit uh, right there. <laughs> yeah. uh, so, so, Will, I mean, you know, Coach Mullen's been on record saying that he takes great pride in not having his guys transfer and, and keeping them in the, in the program for the four years or however long they stay there. I mean, and granted, we don't know the details of the situation with Jones going to the portal, but does this kind of hurt the Florida Gators a little bit in terms of perception, maybe in terms of Coach Mullen a little bit? Just because, like you said, there isn't a whole lot of information out there. And so, like, when that happens, I think everybody from, like, a rival's point of view or just, you know, your average fan, you're going to make some sort of conclusions and you're going to go off of what has been said in the past. And it's going to, yeah, it's it's going to have an effect on people's perception just because the facts aren't all out there in, in this situation. So impartially, yeah. So I guess the question is, is that is it fair to, to have that sort of perception? And I think, I think it's fair, but I think it also is a little bit uninformed just because it's not as if it's a case of, like I mentioned before, okay, you had a quarterback come in, he's fourth on the depth chart, and he's saying, okay, I'm out of here. Or, 
you know, you don't have a whole bunch of guys who are checking in and checking out within a 12-month period so far. You had you had Malik Lang, uh, Langham leave uh, defensive uh, defensive lineman, and that was a little unexpected just because hey he was a big time recruit when they signed him in that cycle he was somebody they pulled from Huntsville and that was a big deal because it showed that they could win recruiting battles against the likes of an Alabama so that is something that you want to avoid but until we see more of those sort of things happening then I guess I guess it would be a little bit unfair to kind of connect those dots at this point just based on the circumstances with the two being sort of different situations. And, of course, and it's not like, you know, Dan Mullen sat in that kid's kitchen was like, if you come to Florida, you're going to be a starter. Like, I don't see the conversation going like that. So, it's like you said, it's probably not a depth chart issue, and I'm sure we're probably going to find out more in a few days or so. But, yeah, it's just a weird situation overall. Yeah, and to that point, by the way, I, th- I think to those points about Mullen, uh, this is way too early. There's not enough evidence of stuff with Mullen. I think you got to take each stop along the way. So I think Will's right on the money there. I mean, you can connect some dots. There's always going to be perception. There's always going to be chatter. And everybody's got a a microscope on these things. But uh, I I don't think this one situation, depending on however it works out, um, will really label Mullen in, in this early tenure at Florida. How about the quarterback position in general, Will? As we talked to Will Salmon from The Athletic, Felipe Franks, it sounds like, has a grip on that thing. But then there is some chatter. Will he maintain that all fall? What's your gut tell you, uh, Will, uh, with uh, Felipe Franks and, and obviously Emory Jones uh, being the contender right behind him? I think, a, I think he has a strong grip on the position as far as who the starter is for this team and who opens up against Miami. I think it's, to me it's unquestionably Felipe Franks. I think we saw that in the spring and – that point was, you know, I put an exclamation point on the, the way the spring game played out, where we saw who was showcased and for how long and in what ways. Clearly, Felipe Franks fit the bill as the guy who was showcased the most as far as running with the ones and uh, certain plays and statistics and, and what have you. Uh, but, like you mentioned, Emory Jones is the the future guy um, it's just a question of when will that happen you know Felipe Franks puts together uh, a couple of poor performances I don't think Dan Mullen is going to have that long of a leash with it because hey this is a team that is capable of winning now especially if they could fix the issues with the offensive line so I don't think he's going to let anything kind of prevent or at least let a, a quarterback or any position for that matter prevent uh, Florida from getting to where it's capable of of going, so I think that's really the question with it. But like you alluded to, the room itself, even with the potential departure of a Jalen Jones, comparatively speaking, it's pretty fine. Just because you have your starter in Felipe Franks, you have the guy who you're looking at as the future at the position in Emory Jones. You also have a Kyle Trask still in the mix um, as far as a backup goes. So it's better than some. It's you know they had four, they have three. So obviously that's not good, but but it's better than better than some at least. Yeah, I think I think the Gators' quarterback situation is fine. I think if you start thinking national championship and Final Four and how much of a big step from last year they can take, I then I start scratching my head a little bit. I'm not sure I'm much, that much of a believer, and I might be a little scarred. And this is total situation type of, of comparison I'm making here. It's not skill set comparison, 
but I'm scarred from maybe the Blake Bortles thing around here. And I died on the Bortles Hill, by the way, as a, as a preface to this. Uh, but it almost feels like Franks could have a Bortles feel in the sense of, okay, everybody wanted him gone. And then Bortles, 2017, he plays well in December, carries him to the AFC Championship game. Now everybody's in love and says, oh, here we go. He found himself. And then what happened in 2018? It was a, a downward. He's off and now in L.A. And I kind of feel Felipe Franks could be a sense of that where a couple years ago, everybody's like, oh, my gosh, this guy can't get it done. Dan Mullen gets so much out of him. Things go well last year. And then could we get in a situation where, yeah, he starts the thing, but a month in, six weeks in, uh, Dan Mullen says, you know what, we might be able to win bigger with a guy like Emory Jones. That, that's just me. Uh, but it's kind of my feeling from the outside looking in, and probably just because I just experienced this thing uh, with Blake Bortles in Jacksonville. I don't think you're way off with that, though, at all. I mean, I think that's pretty astute, um, the, the comparison. Who knows how it will play out, but I think to this point it's, it's kind of on a similar line or, a, you know, on that similar sort of growth of a graph. But, yeah, I mean, it all comes down to what happens this year. But like you mentioned with, uh, with Felipe Franks, it's like, I never thought he was as bad as he was made out to be in that 2017 year. I think the the team itself had a lot of issues offensively, yeah. uh, which was pretty clear to see, uh, especially in regards to the pass protection and, and really everything. Every sort of component of the offense was not easy to watch. And so the pinning on one guy was unfair. But then again, it's like he's not – is he – rating of, of like of – like you know, a perfect rating or what he had last year when he racked up touchdown conference foes. No, he's probably somewhere in the middle, and that's usually what we see against good conference teams. And largely that's what I would expect him to be, if not a little bit better, uh, heading into this year. Well, you know, it's not a position I like talking about because it's boring, but let's be honest here. I think the offensive line is probably the biggest question mark going into the season for the Florida Gators. I mean, Dan Mullins even acknowledged saying that he would gladly take a grad transfer at the position. From your perspective, I mean, should people be worried about the offensive line, or is it since it's the spring game so you can't really tell much? I mean, where is the offensive line right now for the Florida Gators? I think it's largely still a work in progress. I mean, I think we had talked a couple of weeks ago. Just to me, that's going to dictate how far this team gets. Like you were saying earlier, I'm not sure if this is a national football you know, uh, college playoff contender or not. I would lean toward not right now just because, look, you're already breaking in four new starters on the offensive line. And the guys who you're breaking in as those starters, they didn't exactly push for these roles last year. Quite frankly, they didn't at all. You know, when Tim Holm was asked point blankly, uh, because after some games with the offensive line last year, they were not doing that hot. And so he was asked last year, well, why don't you just make a change? And the answer was, well, I don't really have a capable change to make here or capable bodies to insert at the moment because they're still kind of growing and adapting to what we need them to be. Still largely the case. It's a young and experienced group. And, uh, you know, on, a, on an offense that doesn't have any really other other holes, it's striking because that's the thing that's kind of holding them back from being in that sort of top five conversation instead of a top ten conversation, you know, instead of the top, top ten conversation, which is where they are right now.
Good stuff with Will Salmon on the Florida Gators uh, from The Athletic. And, and let's end with this. You wrote an article, I think, uh, just published today. Yes, it was uh, on Anthony Richardson, the Florida QB recruit for the class of 2020. Uh, fantastic article. It goes in depth uh, on, on the background of Anthony Richardson. Give us an idea of your impressions of, of this young man and how big of an impact he could have on campus in Gainesville in the future. Yeah, we're still so far out, but it's one of those deals where everybody kind of cares about who the QB is, especially after the news yesterday. Yeah, but um, you know, yeah, good timing, by the way. <laughs> yeah, exactly. Uh, yeah, funny coincidence, right? Um, but no, you know, he's he's. Um, you know, I was kind of surprised to learn that he actually won't be 17 until May. Uh, he's still actually 16 years old, so that was sort of new for me because when you look at him, you look at his body, you know, the strength, um, how he could kind of bulldoze kids as a runner at the high school level, it's like, wow, you know, he's got a lot of maturity to him. And even off the field, he has a lot of maturity to him. I mean, he's a kid who who, who grew up with a single mom, little brother, um, had to be sort of like the man of the house as, as a preteen. I mean, that's not easy to do, of course. Yeah. So he's, he's seen a lot as a kid, and he's growing as a football player and as a quarterback. He already has the arm strength. It's a matter of his accuracy catching up to it. Uh, which comes down to repetition and getting more experience. So I think there's reason to be excited about him. I think 247 Sports uh, just boosted him to a four-star status. So I think he's going to get more recognition as his high school senior season gets gets started and we see more of him on a weekly basis. Yeah, it'll be interesting to see. It's a fascinating article. Go check it out in The Athletic. Uh, read uh, Will Salmon on the Florida Gators. Uh, covers him fantastically. But really good article on Anthony Richardson. Like you just said, too, it, regardless of the Jalen Jones situation, you've got to get quarterbacks in there on, a, on every recruiting cycle. It's like we talk about in the NFL. I mean, you can take the sixth-round Gardner Minshew. Uh, you can do that every year because sooner or later, one of those are going to hit. And the Florida Gators, have, even if they might be back, if they are going to win big, they're going to have to hit on the QB position in Dan Mullen's offense, uh, I believe. So it'll be fun to watch and see if one of these guys can do it. If not, uh, Felipe Franks or or even an Emory Jones who already is on campus. Will Salmon, thanks for uh, stopping by, man. We appreciate catching us up on the Florida Gators. Hey, guys. Thanks for having me. Enjoyed it. All right. Uh, Will Salmon from The Athletic. Again, go check it out. I really like The Athletic. Uh, Theathletic.com. If you haven't seen their stuff, pretty good. I think it's working. You know, on a, a day after ESPN, the magazine folds, right? Yeah. Um, the Athletics building this up, and, and guys like Will, uh, we have Sean Reed on from Tallahassee and Florida State. Pretty good stuff. Uh, if you haven't taken a look at it yet, I advise you, uh, you might want to do that. Hey, uh, you know what else is good stuff? What do we got? The best show on television. Daniel Day-Lewis is not in it. And oh. it's not Game of Thrones. Well, then you're wrong. It's coming up next on ESPN 690. Martin, no. You see him every day on CBS 47, Fox 30, Action Sports Jack. Austin Lane. He's a former Jack star and current MMA fighter. Broadcasting live from the Anna Jar and Levine studio. This is Action Sports Jacks on ESPN 690 and ESPN690.com. Welcome back here to the program, Action Sports Jacks on ESPN 690. What you got on the whiteboard? A $20 bill feels like an adult dollar. $20 bill feels like an adult dollar. Yeah, like, remember when you're a kid, you get a dollar bill, you feel like you did something. Yeah, you know, yeah. Like, yeah. That's like, oh. And that, that's what 20 bucks, I think, feels like now. So you're saying a dollar, yeah, a dollar's like, yeah, it's just a dollar. Yeah. Well, now it is, yeah, of course. Yeah. yeah. I mean, you can get, like, a like a double cheeseburger at McDonald's from the dollar menu. That's about it. I hate the double cheeseburger. 
in general or just from McDonald's? Because if you're going to hate on double cheeseburgers now, I don't know what more. No, I go with the double I, I, hamburger. I lost all faith in you. I love the McDonald's hamburger. So. I don't like the cheeseburger. So you, you don't like cheeseburgers, but you like. Bur- so che- you don't like cheese, what you're telling me. I do like cheese, but the McDonald's version of it, because it's Just like. Careful, Brent, because I'm from the state that wears cheese on top of their heads, heads like a bunch of dogs. I had cheese. But he's so. not talking about cheese. He's talking about McCheese, and that's a little different. It is. It's a little. Yeah, the cheeseburger at McDonald's to me, I don't love. Now, if I grill out, I'll have a cheeseburger. I don't mind one. But I also don't have to have one. Like, I had cheese today for lunch. I had cheese, and, uh, you know, with this low-carb thing, cheese yep. is good. Of course. So I'll have blue cheese tonight, oh, probably. blue cheese is good stuff. So let me ask you this question. If you have the choice of going to a restaurant, we'll so I'm not going to say anything because they're not sponsoring us, but if you go to any restaurant and you get a burger, are you asking to have cheese on that burger or no cheese? I will, when I get a burger now, yeah, I'll usually have Swiss cheese okay. or blue cheese. Okay. But so I don't like, I don't, I'm not a fan of American cheese. Oh, no. Hey, at least we get, you know what, give me a high five, dude. Hey, American or, cheese, I mean, no, if I'm, I'm patriotic, as I'll get out. Well, I think but, that's the first time this week we've had a come together moment. I know, we just get a high five, but, but American cheese. It's been cheese, a tumultuous week. Oh, man, it's been, I've been trying to find something, but we can both agree American cheese is trash. It, it, it's bad. Yeah, I don't like it. Yeah. I uh, mean, okay, maybe not that aggressive. It's trash but is aggressive. <laughs> <laughs> it's not good. But I don't like it, and I really don't like the Kraft yellow cheese. Oh, no, no. Come on, But man. that's what they put on the burger at McDonald's. It's the ch- yellow cheese. <sighs> they do. Man, now you're starting to sway my... I don't know. I don't uh, like the yellow cheese product. Yeah. I like... And by the way, I love... I like McDonald's nuggets. I like, but I really love the hamburger. Okay. Like, I like the hamburger at McDonald's. Sounds like we're getting sponsored right now at McDonald's. Is no, this I don't. Is some kind of some kind of deal coming in, through? In fairness, the best fast food burger is. Well, I don't, can you consider it fast food. What? Five Guys. Five Guys is good. I don't necessarily. That doesn't have a drive through. Okay, I don't think okay, it, okay. <laughs> well, plus you're paying like $7 for a burger. That's Boy, not a it, fast it food be burger. Good. Okay, so the best but fast food. But is really good. See, I'm, I mean, I, I'm not trying to be biased here, but the best fast food burger, in my opinion, is Culver's. And I guarantee you've probably never had No, one. I have. They have them in South Florida now. They're, they're making really? their way up. They're coming to Jacksonville. No, Ty and I Let's ran go. by one the other day. Uh, Savannah had it. Yeah. So they're okay. coming around. They'll be here soon, I bet. Let's go. Culver's, Culver's is awesome. Good. Butterburgers, baby. It was good. Butter now, burgers. I do feel like my artery just got clogged after eating it. <laughs> well, but, let's be honest. They do fry them in butter. So, yeah, yeah they're not the healthiest. But the, still the best fast food burger for me. Okay. Hit me with it. It's right around the corner here. Checkers. Ah. I love the Checkers burger. I'm going to be honest. I don't think I've ever had Checkers. No, I'm mad at the big Buford. Yeah, I've never had Checkers. Yeah, Checkers burger. And again, like, I'm not talking uh, like this elaborate, whatever, triple burger or something, but uh, I like just a regular hamburger or Mm -hmm. cheeseburger. Yeah. But I get the hamburger. I don't get cheeseburgers from fast food. Yeah. Uh, Hamburger. I like the McDonald's one. I really do. And what is that like seventy cents? Yeah, are they up to a dollar now? Who's the money? I really, I don't, I don't know how to make any money off that. But uh, yeah. And then checkers. Okay, uh, w- one more opinion, quick. I want to share the most overrated burger, in my opinion, and I'm not. I'm going to say it because they're never going to sponsor the show because they're not around here. White Castle. 
I thought White Castle was completely overrated. Because, like, you remember, like, you have to remember from my generation, Brent, like, when I was in high school and going to college, it was all about, like, Harold and Kumar to go to White Castle. Yeah, so yeah. there's a lot of hype around nah, it. Nah, it's up in the Midwest, yep. mostly. Went yeah. to, uh, I drove three hours to White Castle in Louisville, Kentucky for Murray, had it, got food poisoning, and that was game over. So, that was it. White Castle's a, a no no for me. Yeah. You? Uh, I mean, are you a fan of those sliders? No, honestly, no, are those memorable. the same but different from Crystals and Jack in the Box? It's kind of the same idea. Yeah. Uh, and another one is Crystal. I'm, I know everybody says they go there like 2 in the morning after a crazy night. I've um, been there. <laughs> I've actually only been to Crystal's, I think, twice in my life. And it, neither time was I at 2 in the morning with intoxicated. <laughs> yeah, um, the only time I went to Crystal's was when it was after bar closed at Jack's Beach and Taco Bell was too full. So we're like, all right, let's go to Crystal's. Yeah, I'm not yeah. a picky eater, by the way. So, I mean, I kind of like anything. Mm-hmm. And so the fast foods are okay. I will say this. I find myself, I, I, next time I go to a fast food, like I don't know the last time I ate at McDonald's. Yeah, it's been a long last time. Last time I went through Burger King, I haven't in a long time. Yep. Now, there are some nights in football season that I might drive by checkers. Treat yourself, like one man. In the Treat yourself. <laughs> hey, Treat yourself. That's how you get there. Uh, all right. We got to do, <laughs> yeah. do. Do we have that song with, with Chuck and Shaq? Did yeah, you I got it? it. All right. These so guys. This, is, this is the show you're talking about here, though. This is The best show on television yeah. is this show. You know, and it's it's hard to debate that. Like I said, Game of Thrones, but this is... This is one. And I'm a big believer from a TV nerd standpoint. I like College Game Day. I really yeah. think that's a oh, good course, show. Like, I, I think that. people that are in my industry in television should watch College Game Day. Not even from a sports standpoint, just from yeah. a TV execution. What live TV should look like? I think it's a fantastic show. Mm-hmm. Uh, so, but this show, <laughs> I mean, they could seriously run three hours of this. I know on TNT. Yeah. I mean, they've hit such a home run. It, it's a, And also, you know what else about it? It's irreplaceable. Because you can't find the personality. People can search for the personalities like this, yeah. but you just can't find it. The chemistry, well, the, the, and, the and you can't find the four. And, I mean, I, I get it. Like, you know, Shaq and Barkley, they always talk back and forth to each other. But, like, you know, Ernie keeps them wrangled in. Does. And then I feel like Kenny sometimes, like, the instigator. It's just, it's the perfect combination. And Kenny gets, the coolest thing on TV outside of some stuff like the Weather Channel does is Kenny going up on the big screen oh, yeah. when he can put himself inside the the. On the court? Yeah. Like, I need that technology on CBS 47 yeah. and Fox 30. Football season is going to be even more fun than it already is. Yeah. Uh, that is awesome technology that they use. So, it's a great show. So, here's the clip <laughs> last night. And this is, Shaq is all mad because Charles Barkley keeps interrupting him. What, nine minutes? You're going to take up eight minutes repeating your damn self. Mr. Sensitive. No, I know Mr. Sensitive. Do it again. I'm telling you right now. Don't you want to weigh in on this? No, game, I don't want to weigh in. No. No. Don't, don't, don't do it. Don't do it, Shaq. Yeah. You know it all. Mr. Sensitive. No, I ain't sensitive. I'm going to knock your ass out of the I'm telling you right now. You play them if you want to. Supposed to be one, two, three, not one, two, back to one. It's a dumbass. Do it again, Chuck. Oh, I'm not saying no jokes, man. That's funny. That's him. 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 That's
<laughs> you think it's fun? I'm gonna throw this metal, metal damn can at your ass. Oh man! See, yo, he's been getting on Shaq all night. That's what it is. Yo, Kenny, you started messing with him in the back. No, I didn't. You started with the whole. No, you said. You started with the back. You started with the Felipe Lopez. No, you said Felipe. You think Shaq? Didn't Kenny make you mad earlier tonight? He said Felipe Lopez was a better player than you. Let a high school player because we watch it 30 for 30. He said that. He's like he's taking home. Know me that I ain't playing right now. Can you imagine oh, if those guys sat next to each other? Oh, man. That's good stuff. It's it's see, that would be the problem if that show were to go to three hours. Sir Charles would take every damn minute of it. But I do have an idea, and I don't know. I don't watch enough nightly. To, I know they have that, like that players only night thing on TNT. Yeah, right? but that's with a lot of people. I mean, that's with more than them yeah. as well. But what they, I'm going to give them some an executive decision, okay. uh, some advice here. I'm going to play executive at TNT. And what I would do is have one day or one game. I don't know. Maybe it's a once a month. Or, or just try it out. Try this one thing and see if it works. But you put those four guys on the set for the entirety of the game. And you can still have the guys call in the game or whatever. But you got to have really good director. I mean, you play it on that big screen, and they're commenting on the game the entire time. Yeah, so you basically watch the game with Brent, those four. I brought up this idea of a fifth tournament with Charles Barkley. Thanks for stealing my idea, man. Oh, no, that's it. That yeah, is kind of yeah. it. You're right. Hey, it's exactly it. That is exactly <laughs> yeah. that idea. Yes, sir. But no, I agree with you completely. You're right. That is yeah. exactly Yeah, th you need to have that. I, I, how, that's that why I got that it? in my head because Maybe. you planted it. But, uh, yeah, how they don't have that already is beyond but me. But you said Charles Barkley only in the tournament. But I'm saying take Whoa. these four guys and do it. Or maybe but, just Shaq and Barkley. Yeah, yeah. And I don't even know if you need the announcers. But you can watch it on that big screen. You get yep. uh, I think it would be entered. I wonder if it would work. It might not, but you try it out. How wouldn't it? Because I feel like with the, the next generations coming up and whatever, like look at what they watch. They watch people commentating things all the time. Yeah, I they mean, don't mind it. Yeah, and There's, they don't mind multiple things. That's this day and age, we don't mind multiple things going on at once, right? We're we're tweeting as we watch. We mm -hmm. so we don't mind that. Yeah. It, and it doesn't have to be solely just with your eyes on the game. And it's like we talked about yesterday. I mean, you know, inside the NBA or whatever they call the show with uh, with Shaq, you know, Barkley and all those guys. I mean, you can't go to the bathroom at halftime because that's the must-see TV. And that's the only sport uh, where I can think of, like, you know, if, if it's halftime in the NFL game, I'm going to the bathroom. I'm, I'm doing whatever. Yeah. You know, I'm, I'm not going to stick there around. Some I don't good need shows. Yeah. I mean, the, don't get me wrong. There's good shows. But from an entertainment standpoint, um, and, you know, they talk X's and O's, too, and maybe you learn something, but it's just it's just the chemistry of those four guys, especially Shaq and Barkley, who go back and forth. You know, it, it's almost like it reminds you of sitting in the uh, on the couch with some of your friends, you know what I yeah. mean? And you guys rag each other And nonstop. they just don't care. No. Like, they don't care. No. I mean, I mean they, you could fire Shaq and Barkley tomorrow, yeah. and they wouldn't care. Well, you know the, what I mean? So the they'll best, say whatever the heck they want to say. Well, the best part is, is, like, every once in a while, like, Barkley goes on, like, these giant, like, just long-winded conversations about, like, you know, Know, like for instance, like big women in San Antonio, and like <laughs> I mean that was a that was I mean you know people that watch the show know what I'm talking about, but uh, you know then you just see Ernie put his head down because he's so embarrassed because he's like we're trying to do a show here and Charles is going off on you know random <laughs> stuff, but it's just uh, it's, it's, it's a, a fantastic show. Is, is some people might you might not like Barkley oh, or you might not like Jack. You get, some people are going to be offended for sure. That's right, but there's no way you don't like Ernie. Yeah, exactly. He's a good dude. And yeah. so he balances that even if you don't like it. So it's really a great show. Again, I don't think they can duplicate it. What happens in our mm -hmm. business is we try to duplicate everything that's good. 
that's not being duplicated. And by, it's not the first. I think actually they took over probably for like the Fox concept in football with Bradshaw and Long and those guys. Yeah, they kind yeah. of brought a lot of personality. It wasn't just a studio show about football and telling good stories. Mm-hmm. It was more like banter back and forth and some joking and yeah. talk all over each other. And I think TNT, NBA and TNT, I mean, they were just doing that to do that. But this was almost organic, the way this thing came together. With well, it's like you said, you know, it's like if you're hanging out with your buddies and, and everybody's kind of ribbing themselves and having some fun and you're talking a little trash to each other. That's exactly what that is. And you can sit at home on your couch and hang out with these guys and just enjoy all the good natured and in this case, maybe not so good natured, but uh, uh, well-intended spitefulness of it and just have some fun with it. And uh, absolutely, another compliment I'm going to pay to them too is their use of social media because they're very s- social media savvy. I mean, you know, people can always interact with them, and they can type in funny pictures or yeah, whatever, yeah. Or send them on Twitter, and then they show them on TV. And I, I don't, I haven't seen a lot of other halftime shows do that, you know. So it's almost fan interactive at the same time. So you know, to to, to get to the point that was just said, I mean, what Scott was saying, where yeah, it is like you're sitting at home with those guys, guys that you went to school with, or guys that you grew up with, and then you can also interact with them at the same time. So so it's a, they definitely have a pretty cool blueprint and pretty cool formula. Well, that's going what on. we're trying to do here on Action Sports Jacks on ESPN 690. We yeah. have a long way to go. Oh yeah, we do. Yeah. Well, well the best I already, thing I already hate you sometimes. Yeah. So we're we're, we're off to a good there. start. There you go. And progress. yesterday yeah. we laughed all the way to a break. So yeah. there was a moment. Yep. Daniel Day Lewis, thank you very much for that <laughs> foursome. Got yep. to play that for another day. Uh, <laughs> but. That is the cool part about it, too. I know how this stuff works. There's production meetings and those things. Uh, hey, we want to talk about this. We might be able to have a moment here. Mm-hmm. But there's stuff that Charles and Shaq do that can't be covered in a production meeting. Yeah. So it is genuine. It's authentic. It's not uh, thought up exactly. pre-meeting. You know, it's just stuff. kind of spontaneous. Good word. Mm-hmm. Uh, that's what I was looking for. Uh, when we come back, one more quick timeout. Do you want to go to the Dave Matthews Band tonight? I got two tickets. I got training going on. I'm not talking I will to, get you. Back to you. I'm talking oh. to the listener. Oh, okay. You're not invited. Well, you're looking at me, so I was responding. I'm talking to two frat boys out there with <laughs> boat shoes and a polo shirt. Just because you have boat shoes and a polo shirt doesn't make you a frat boy. Just saying. I'll give them away when we come when back. He wakes up in the morning. That's dead on. Tell me it's not anybody. Tell me that's not dead on Dave Matthews. Hey, this is Dennis Anderson, the driver of Gravedigger Monster Truck, the baddest monster truck in the land. You're listening to Action Sports Jacks on ESPN 690. that's Brad, tell me that's not that on. That is Dave. Ladies and gentlemen, Mr. Dave Matters in the studio with us. Great song. That's all I need. It works even better when I sing it. Next week, we'll try and get Daniel Day-Lewis on. Oh, I can quote that guy all day. We should really try to get him I on. drink your milkshake. Yeah. I'd actually be embarrassed if we got him on. Be the one time. I, I wouldn't be worthy. I, I'd be embarrassed for us because you'd embarrass me in front of him. And I would never come back on the show again. Uh, how about giving away? We only got a couple minutes, right? We got to get out of here in like two minutes. Yeah. Uh, I got to go do some TV. Probably should put a show in. Six fifty on Fox Thirty. Should probably get on that. Uh, it's the two days, two last days. Where is everybody? Stuart Weber's in Europe. Uh, Marcel Robinson's off today. He's in Norway. He could have told me he was going back to Norway. I, I think could've... he probably did. You weren't listening. Maybe not. I got family over there. I could hooked him up. Um, has he been sharing photos? Yeah. Yep. 
I saw a couple photos. It was like he was in a modeling shoot, like all these photos he was taking. I, I know with Marcel a little bit too old. Yeah, I, I think, think he right? has been. Yeah. I mean, come on. It's contagious. Settle down It's here. contagious. So vain. Are we selling tickets? Are we giving away tickets? I have what are we to doing? actually, uh, I have to. I'm going to give away a ticket right now. I was <laughs> going to do number 41 because that's the name of a song for Dave Matthews' band. Okay. I'll take your word for it. I'm not going to do that, so I'll just take... That's, by the way, Josh Allen's number. Oh, good call. So we'll do... Uh, just how about number four? Okay. 904-362-9901. 904-362-9901. Caller number four. I got a couple of Dave Matthews' band tickets for you, and you can pick them up downtown. I'll give you some instructions on that, courtesy of Vita De Louis. Should we throw in some ESPN... Uh, 690 polos. No, no, no. Okay, I got That's you. That's enough. Okay. So uh, a couple <laughs> of tickets to Dave Matthews tonight, courtesy of Vita DeLouis, and I'll tell you where to pick them up uh, if you win. Simple as that. All right, a fun show today. Thanks to Calais Campbell for coming on. Quincy Williams for coming on. Will Salmon as well from The Athletic. We'll do it again tomorrow. How about it? Let's get it. Have a good night, everybody. I'll see you on TV, Fox 30 and CBS 47 tonight. And I may even see you at the Dave Matthews band concert for a couple minutes. <laughs> When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply.